Today on the Av Podcast, we rise live from the lockdown city of Toronto, and we discuss the NFL playoffs. I'm joined by South Sharaf family member Roger Calendar as we fulfill our annual obligations and break down the playoffs round by round. Plus, I also share my thoughts on this James Harden blockbuster trade to the Brooklyn Nets. And plus, we get into a little Trump talk. You saw what he did. Considering the ramifications of what that riot did, and it's still on the tip of everybody's tongue, we may as well share a few minutes on this subject. Shameless plug, check out last week's episode of the Av Podcast to hear my thoughts on the Capitol Hill riots. We try to keep it short and sweet because I'm thinking this is only the beginning, unfortunately. I may end up visiting this topic a few more times in the, in the near future. Shameless plug over. No, wait, hold on. South Survivor is available wherever you listen to your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, TuneIn and Alexa, Stitcher, anywhere where you listen to your podcasts. Hit the like button, listen, rate, review, and subscribe to all of the shows, which now includes the South Sharav YouTube channel. Like and subscribe, share comments. All the same rules apply to that. You know how it is. And if you know, then it shouldn't be a problem giving me those five stars, right? Give me them five stars. Channeling my, my, my inner Debo here. And to go way back into my catalog of pod shows, uh, make sure you check out SouthShareAv.com. Once again, that's SouthShareAv.com. And also, as a disclaimer, this episode contains explicit language. So I just want to give you fair warning. All right? I want to give you the heads up. It's the Av Podcast with Cal C on SouthShareAv Radio. They won't let me out. They won't let me up. Lockdown. They won't let me out. No. Welcome to the Av Podcast with Cal C on South Sharab Radio. So before we begin, uh, let me share my thoughts on this hardened blockbuster trade, you know, which happened a couple of days ago. I hate it. All right, let's go talk football. No, 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 I'm joking. Uh, but seriously, I'm not crazy about this trade, and here's why. Number one, I thought we were done with this super team shit, and I'm annoyed that we got to see this again now. You know, when the Raptors beat Golden State in the NBA Finals, we knew this was going to be a, a different time for Golden State, uh, specifically due to injuries to to to, uh, to Clay Thompson and then with KD, and we knew KD might leave regardless if he got hurt or not. Uh, but there was a possibility that another one could be formed, especially when LeBron James and the Lakers uh, were recruiting Kawhi. But once Kawhi shunned them and joined up with Paul George and created a super, well, a super duo with the Clippers, I thought the NBA was going back to being a little more normalized. You know what I mean? Um, the most you would see is maybe tag teams, duos, and, and then you just build a team around that duo. And it seemed to work. I like seeing it. And look, the Lakers won the title, but even though they won the title, they didn't seem unbeatable. Um, even going into this season, the Lakers are still the favorites to me, but you can still feel like they could be beat. And, and it makes it interesting. You know, you still have the Clippers, you have the Nuggets and the Jazz in the West, as well as Milwaukee. You got Miami, now Philly. You know, Joel Embiid has finally looked like he's starting to realize his, uh, his NBA potential. Him being my dark horse MVP, is it so crazy now, huh? Mm-hmm. But especially Brooklyn in terms of being a championship contender. We don't know where the hell Kyrie is, and he seems to be invoking the spirit of where's Waldo right now. Uh, but they have a stacked team around KD and Waldo. And when both those guys miss a night, 
the Nets still play so hard that they still have a chance to win. And they still have some really good talent. They're still going to be in some games and can, and seriously compete every night. They don't play any defense right now, granted, but there's still so much time to figure that out. Maybe make a trade for that good wing defender or a big that can help out the back line. I mean, or just to help out Jared Allen. But, you know, I was excited to see how this was going to go and where the, what they would do around that and how this team would do against the other contenders in the East. They were one of the favorites to make it to the finals, in my opinion, even with all the craziness that's happening with Waldo. And now they dug into that depth to get Harden, and you're giving them three players in their primes. I understand it, but all of them need the ball in similar fashion. And unless James is going to go revert back to his ways in OKC where he's more of, of a facilitator, I'm not entirely sure how this is going to work. Either they're going to dominate or it's going to be a disaster. There's going to be no in-between. Which leads to my second point. I was a big fan of how the Nets built themselves up from the bottom after they traded everything for Kevin Garnett and, and Paul Pierce to work with Joe Johnson, Darren Williams, and Brooke Lopez back in the mid-2010s. You know, after they did that, they, they basically rid themselves of almost all of their draft picks or, or a possibility of having good selections in, in their drafts, and they had to build from within. They focused on building the right culture first, and getting the young players to fit that culture. By 2019, they were in the playoffs. They had all these good young wings and D'Angelo Russell and Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert. You had Jared Allen, who was, you know, who was young, but you could see what his future was going to be once he got stronger. And they got cap space now to attract not one, but possibly two stars if needed. They were kind of like the Clippers, who, you know, after Blake Griffin and, and CP3 after that era and the Lob City era ended, they were building their, their, their team a certain way that became attractive to play in or play with, especially now when you consider the major market that they're in. Yeah, it's not the Lakers and the Knicks who have that history, but in this day and age, man, they were set up to create a new legacy as long as they had the right players. They were, they were wifey material. They were looking right. They were looking right, especially when you got to know them. You know what I mean? So with Brooklyn, they got Katie and Waldo to join them, but already they were slowly trying to change who they were and what attracted them to them in the first place. Waldo clashed with Kenny Atkinson. He ended up walking, and then Waldo got hurt and, you know, did his thing and disappeared. Yet the Nets still went into the bubble and played really hard. They got swept by the Raptors in the playoffs, but you could imagine how good this team was going to be. Now with this trade, you basically threw away the culture that you built the last few years. And you can argue that this is what you do, especially if you're a franchise that hasn't won a chip before. I can understand that argument a little bit, and I understand the need to go all in. But this could be where you're, you're, you're just doing a little too much because I, I think that they had enough on their plate as it is to win. And remember, they still have KD and Waldo for three more years. Like, you want to win now, but there's still time to figure this out. And this leads to my third point. I really hated how Harden got rewarded for all of this, man. Like, he basically shitted his way out of Houston. And Houston gave him the world, man. They gave him the world. They lavished it with max contract after max extension after max contract. They built everything around him. They got him every player that he requested, every star that he wanted to play with, from, from D12 to CP3 to Westbrook. And that still wasn't enough for him to stay, man. I mean, look, he had problems with the owner, um, Fertitta, Tim Fertitta. Uh, and especially, I think it was due to the fact that he was a, a, a huge Trump supporter. Then again, he would have had a lot of problems with a lot of these owners who voted for Trump anyway. 
the way Harden went about it, though, it, 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 the perception was like it left him looking like an asshole because from skipping, you know, the training camp to go party with little baby in them, um, you know, and just how he was moving with his teammates. That last press conference that they that he had in Houston was telling in a lot of ways because everything from what he said in terms of this is not going to work, we're not going to win, we're not good enough, I just want to go. And then hearing John Walls and 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 DeMarcus Cousins' response to that, I thought it was telling. He made a mess about it, and now he got rewarded to going exactly where he wanted to go. So I think this this tells you that when you're a superstar, no matter how long your contract is for, no matter how big your contract is, you can leave once you're ready to leave. And I bring up Giannis because as great as it was watching him stay with Milwaukee and sign that Supermax, and set up his family for generational wealth. Look, if he's not satisfied the next couple of years and he wants to leave, he's going to go. Even if he has to make a mess, he's going to bounce. And I think the other thing that I should tell you too is that that new collective bargaining agreement, those meetings are going to be contentious. I, I can't see the owners continuing to see these things like this play out. I just, I just don't. Between all the lost monies from you know having little to no fans in the arenas, you know, because obviously during this pandemic and seeing things like this over the last five to 10 years or so, I think it's going to get a little nasty. And um, my other point is, you know, I guess point number four, I bought a little looker for Jared Allen, man. Yeah, it's pro sports and every player has a chance to be traded. I get that. But you were the only real defending big on Brooklyn and he's been improving every year since he's got there. He's gotten a little stronger He's improved on his little uh, on his skills a little bit more every year, and just when you thought he was about to reap the benefits that seemed success, they sent him to Cleveland. If this was snakes and ladders, this would be like rolling the dice and getting to eighty six, and then rolling down the ladder all the way to number twenty two. And on top of it, you still got to fight for playing time yet again with all the bigs that's already there. I feel for him, man. I do. At least with Levert. You know, he ends up with the Pacers, but he can still go spread his wings on a good team that needs his scoring and, and the things that he does best. But Allen is about to play with guards that don't pass. And unless they trade one or two of these bigs before the trade deadline, I, I don't see how they like how this benefits him right now. Honestly, he should have been playing more in Brooklyn. Now he's got to fight for minutes again in Cleveland. Man, they they did him wrong, man. They did, they did him wrong. They did him wrong. They did him wrong. But... Let me say my thoughts for now. I'm going to be doing an another episode next week on the NBA season so far. That will be out next week. So I'll dive into this topic more. But for now, let's bring Roger in, who's been waiting behind the Velvet Robe, experiencing like his, what, his third pat down to discuss these NFL games. So let's let him in right now. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Av Podcast. Um, where, should, where should we begin, Roger? Where should we begin? Look, man, I, I, I'm actually pretty surprised of uh, last week's matchups in terms of at least some of the games. So before I know we're going to break down the, 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 the upcoming four playoff matchups for this weekend. But before we go, I, before we start, I should say I have a couple of questions that I got to ask. So we'll, we'll just get right into it. I want to start with the Steelers, man. I want to start with the Steelers. Um, is there's a chance Big Ben will return next season. Now, do you think that the Steelers will be wise to bring him back with a new offensive coordinator? Or should the Steelers tell Ben the same thing that Tribe Called Quest named their last album? Thank you for your service. We got it from here. 
<laughs> well, to be honest with you, I think they they need to bring bring Big Ben back simply for the fact that they don't have anybody waiting to take over. Mm. Um, you know, the offense. The I find in general, Big Ben did very well this year. Like the offense ran really well through him. Um, they started off the season eleven and zero, which means you can't get any better than that. It's just after that, it just seemed like the team just happened to break down for some strange reason. Um, I think they need him. I think they need to bring him back at least until until they could find somebody else in the background to come in and 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 take over. Like they need to find a predecessor for him. They got a drafters replacement at some point, man. You know, I totally agree with you. They they started off the year eleven and zero. Um, I actually thought um, he might be deserving of, of a few MVP votes here or there, at least be in the top five. I mean, when, when the team goes 11-0, you got to take some sort of credit for that, right? And they didn't have, like, any receiver or anybody that was, like, completely – they're all good, but they weren't, like – there was nobody completely outstanding. You know what I mean? That should take that mark for MVP, at least for this team. So I thought it would more likely be him. I just thought their mistake was they, they stuck to throwing the ball exclusively, and they just – they became predictable. And then, and then when they went on that losing, not, I mean, it's not that they went on a losing streak, but they they lost what four of their last five five games essentially, right? Yeah, pretty, they did. Pretty much after that, like they they barely hung on to that third seed. To be honest with you, because really and mm-hmm. sure, they should have been the second seed at, at worst, you know, yeah. at worst. Mm-hmm. But like they they ended up tumbling down to the third seed, and they just be. I just thought they just became predictable. And when you look at their teams, because he's thirty eight years old, but when you look. Or at least I think he's thirty eight or thirty nine years old, but I think he's thirty nine. Thirty nine, yeah. yeah. So when yeah. you when you look at all the old QBs that are out there, you know, from this year, which is I uh, sorry, in the, in these playoffs, which was Rivers, Brady, Breeze, himself mm-hmm. that played this weekend, he looks the worst physically, man. <laughs> he does. He does. Oh he does. Really but he he always looked bad. Like he always looked like he's struggling. He's struggling to run the ball. He, he's struggling to run with the ball. He's struggling to pass the ball. He always looks like he's struggling. Um, so I, I wasn't too surprised about that. And it's funny because, you know, like Dudu is, yeah, I guess age now is going to make that difference for all of them. But you remember back in the day, at least he would be able to like, you know, shrug off the defenders and he, he would still scramble and get you some yards. I mean, those days are like way gone now, but that whole first sequence when the ball went over his head, the guy couldn't <laughs> even bend down to land on the ball. Like, <laughs> See, but I question. I question whether he actually wanted to. <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did not look like he was willing to do it. He looked like he was just standing there, being like, "Damn, that ball is live, man!" Looking around, I'm seeing Connor. Like Connor's like diving all over the place trying to grab it, mm-hmm. and Big Ben's just sitting back. He's just like, "Geez, that's yeah, that that ball's live." Even when it went into the end zone, he was just <laughs> kind of just staring at it. <laughs> I was like, do something, jump on it, kick it out of bounds, you know do what, something. You know what, Roger? I completely relate to this because, um, you know, pre-COVID, we, I used to have my weekend basketball runs, and, it's, and pretty much it's like 40 and up at this point, the guys, right? But it's, right. back in the day, you know, when you're 20, 25 years old, if there was a loose ball or a ball was about to go out of bounds, <laughs> one of the guys would go and die for the ball. You don't make sure it doesn't go out of bounds because, you know, you can bounce back, you're all right. But at right. this stage now, when there's a loose ball, you're just letting that shit go. You, 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 <laughs> and even if you are in shape, even if you are in great shape, you just the, you can't handle those falls anymore, man. To hit sure. the ground, it's it's not like you you actually really gotta like <laughs> you you're like okay, this is the one time I'm doing it. Let me do it now. You know what nah, I mean? Like you yeah. really gotta think about doing it. You know what I mean? And and it's like just those loose balls. You're just like you know what? Fuck it, let it go out of bounds. Is that is that possession really important? You know. <laughs> 
<laughs> and, and, that, and, so that's, and that's what that reminded me of. He's like, he, he's almost yeah. like he thought about it. Was just like, you know, fuck it, we'll get it back the next play. Yeah, I think Big Big Ben just got old. That's what it is. And I mean, he was injured last year too. Oh yeah. So, um, Big Ben has never been. Um, you know, I, I guess his thing was was always been his toughness. He's been able to stand in those pockets, take those hits. Um, you know, he's had all sorts of injuries. But, I mean, those injuries add up after a while. And I find this year specifically, um, their run game, they actually went away from the running game. And it was just, well, actually it was inefficient when they were trying it. Yeah. Um, So they just, they put all, they put the ball in his hands. And he he just can't do it for a whole season. He might have been able to do it for 11 games. But then the rest of the time, it's like, yeah, he got predictable. People started knowing they're going to pass. They're not going to run because they're not good at running the ball anymore. Yeah. And that was their downfall. Yeah, I, I still think though you you kind of got to work with what you have. I still think this, mm-hmm. I'm not saying you should have ran like 25, 30 times, but mm-hmm. I, I think at some point you had to you had to at least try to implement it more. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's like the the way they kind of went away from it. It was like you know what? It's not like you have like you know DeAndre Hopkins and and Antonio Brown in his prime, and you know you have like three elite receivers where you just you just like you know we have to throw this ball every time. You know what I mean? Where right. like the guys are good, they're young, but they're good, <laughs> but they're not there yet. If they're gonna get there, it's, they're not there right now. You know what I mean? I, I agree. I agree completely. I think this year you're gonna see the Steelers go after a running back, one of the top running backs in the draft, because I just don't think Connor. I don't think Connor could get the job done. And there's nobody else that's on that team, like regardless of whether it's Snell or whoever, that I feel could carry the rock like 20 to 25 times per game. Um, the Steelers have always been known to be a running team. You know, Big Ben, I mean, he has a fantastic arm and they have good receivers, but their bread and brother was always like running the ball, like grinding at the ball. And they just didn't have that this year. And that's why I think they weren't successful coming coming towards the end of the season. Yeah, the, the joke the joke is like you know I know you're saying that's a, that's a good idea too. They do need to get somebody in the draft. I I would probably say like maybe even second round, depending mm. on where where they land in the draft. I should say, but like or at least which option they want to go with. Because I still think they really have to go after a QB. They gotta yeah. they gotta they gotta draft a QB. I don't know where the QBs like. I, I'm not great with college football. I know Trevor Lawrence is the guy, and mm-hmm. and I know. Oh, um, is it Ohio State? They got um, I forgot the guy's name now. Fields, Shields. I can't remember. I don't watch football like that. Fields, yeah. yeah I know Fields. he's supposed to be really good too, but I don't know if he's gonna fall to like that low to them specifically. Mm-hmm. But they have to get somebody. They just they have to. They have to like. Yeah. They have to get somebody, man. Because I think because I, no. I think either way, this is this is his last year, and because the rest of the yeah. team is solid. They're 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 actually pretty young and they're solid. It's just they they just gotta figure that out. And I and I and I. I don't disagree with you where you're like he had a he had a really good year. He did for the for the, especially for you know he missed a whole year at this age. He had a good year, but it's just the way they lost on Sunday was just it was it was just, it was pretty shameful. And you know what? Honestly, I wish we did a pod last week, but um, unfortunately circumstances you know didn't allow for that to happen. But me and you right. were both talking about this. We weren't surprised that the Steelers were got, no. like lost because the way they went into the end of the year, I was like. I'm not surprised I'm seeing this right now. No, nope, not at all. I wasn't even surprised one bit. They literally limped it to the playoffs. And I think it, it got to a point where it's like the Steelers and Browns have such a rich history, whereas the Steelers, has, they're basically the big brother and the Browns are the little brother. Every single year, they slap them around. Every single year. 
except for this year. The Browns came to play, and the Steelers still thought that they were still messing with their little brother, when in fact, their little brother was now six foot five, two 250 pounds. <laughs> and they came out, and they just they didn't look like they wanted to play. It's only after, after a while, like after I'd say the second and third quarter, when the Browns were up by so much that they kind of went into like a prevent defense, and all of a sudden, um, Pittsburgh started scoring. Yeah. And um, prior to that, I mean... First quarter, they were up by like twenty eight points, man. Yeah, it was ridiculous. That's crazy. Pittsburgh couldn't do anything right, and they looked terrible offensively and defensively, which is surprising because they have a really good defense. They, they have like a top yeah. five defense, yep. right? Mm-hmm. But they just got like they just got beat up, man. It was looked like they didn't even want to play. Like, did they even plan? Did they sit down and come up with a game plan for this play? It, game? Didn't, look, it didn't look like they did. Or did they just say, "Well, this is the Browns. Let's just go and play. We always beat them, anyways." So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it was it was that that was that was probably one of the oddest losses that I've seen in the playoffs in a while from a from a team that was supposed to be this good. It was it was weird. It was weird to watch. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I said, as much as I I believe that I like I wasn't surprised by what happened. I wasn't expecting it to be down twenty eight zero. You know, no. like that. Nobody, nobody could nobody have expected that, that. No, not at all. We're we're gonna come. I have a feeling we're gonna come back to them. <laughs> one of my next questions, but I'll ask this next one. There's always a buy team. That underperforms or either takes an L after coming, you know, coming back from from resting for that week, or they look shaky winning. Uh-huh. Uh, be, now that there's only two buy teams with with Green Bay and then in the NFC and and uh, Kansas City and the AFC, which one do you think will that be? I think it's going to be Green Bay. I okay. think it's going to be Green Bay. Um, I know for a fact that KC usually when they come off that buy, they play really really well and they tend to put up a lot of points. And it's just I'm just saying this from like last year and so on. Right. Um I I think honestly, I think um I think the Packers are gonna have a really hard time against against the Rams. You just because so? the Rams okay. they're one of those teams that just they, they they're built to almost beat the Packers, so to speak. Well hold like, hold, hold that thought. Don't don't break sure. down the game just yet. But but sure. go on, actually go on, go on, go on. Let me not stop you. No, I was just gonna say, like, I mean, this is something that we'll talk about a little bit later, like kinda like the keys to the game. But um yeah, I think that Aaron Rodgers is gonna have a hell of a time trying to go through the Rams. The Rams is like the number one defense in the league. And offensively they do just enough to actually win. Um so I, I mean, I don't know. How are they gonna play coming out of a bye? You never really know, you know. Two weeks is usually a long time for a quarterback not to play. So chances are there might be some rust there. Um, you know, the Rams are coming off a big win. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's going to be a tough one. I, I don't say KC because KC usually is, you know, they're pretty consistent with how they score. They haven't had a great year like how they have, have in the past. Um, but they are going against the Browns, and the Browns' defense is not really that great. So. Which which is funny to say because, as you said, they didn't they didn't have a great year even though they went fourteen and two. <laughs> I know, which is crazy. But Mahomes didn't have like a Mahomes type dominant fifty touchdowns and right. you know four thousand yard year like he normally does. Um, but I mean, yeah, that's that's like first world problems, guy. <laughs> I like I, it's funny. I I don't expect either team to you know to take an L this weekend personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't expect either to really struggle, but if there's one, I'm I, I may go the opposite way. I think it might be Kansas City, and I don't think, think so. I don't think it has anything to do with Cleveland. I just think 
Like, look, we all know they're like an intergalactic video game. They 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 play the league like the the league is on rookie level in Madden. Like that's how it feels like. But I don't know if it's sometimes it's either all the boredom or and take like last year for example. Like you know they won the Super Bowl last right. year. Who did they face in the first round? Was it? Um, Oh, it was, it was I, oh man, I'm trying to remember who they played the first, Houston. So I think it was Houston. Houston, Houston had them on the ropes. Yeah, they, they were down like almost three touchdowns to Houston. They came yep. back and cleaned up. They were down yep. a whole bunch of points to, to Tennessee. They came mm-hmm. back and cleaned up. But even in the Super Bowl, the same thing. The, right. the, the, the 49ers had them on the ropes, and then they came back and won. But the thing is, you just know that they have that explosive on switch. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like once they hit it, it's like there's there's almost nothing you could do. And I'm a Niners fan. I was Roger. I almost <laughs> like <laughs> I, I I was like I was like in a sense of like not comfort. I was feeling really uncomfortable because I knew Kansas City was really that good. And Roger, yeah. with about what six minutes left in the fourth quarter, I finally <laughs> said, "Fuck! I think I might win. I think we might do this." And as soon as I said that, thought that they just scored three touchdowns like before you can blink. And it's like, I didn't even get mad. I was just like, like, everybody's calling me like, man, you know, I know you're Niners, man. I'm just like, I was, I was just like, it's Kansas City, man. What can you do? Like, yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even get mad. I was just like, it's, Can- it's Kansas City, man. Like, it yeah. is what it is. What can he say? You know? Yeah. Kansas City is probably the most dangerous team in the league because they score in bunches and they score so fast, like before you know it, like you could be up by like 28 points. For the first three quarters, and then within like the first five minutes of the fourth quarter, the game is tied. <laughs> the game's tied, and you're like, "What the hell just happened?" <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they're nuts. But it, but I feel like sometimes, especially this season, like I watched a good amount of their games this year, and I feel like sometimes they play down to their competition. And True. and you know how it works. Sometimes you go to flip that switch, and that light doesn't come on. And and again, I do like you know. I know we're gonna discuss them later. Um, but I, I feel like if it's out of the two, I feel like they might, sh- they, they, there's, there's a better potential that they might struggle. I'm saying mm. might, I'm not even saying they will. I'm just saying they might struggle out of, out of the two. That's my personal, personal opinion. Okay. Now, fair enough, fair enough. I, now out of the six teams that lost, which one would you say has the brightest future and which one would you say you were most disgusted with out of the six teams that lost this weekend? Okay, the one that I was most disgusted with was Pittsburgh, no doubt. Okay. Because they didn't even look like they should have been there, honestly. They they did not look like they should have been there. Mm-hmm. It was That loss was embarrassing, and there's not one Pittsburgh fan that could sit there and, and feel good about that loss. Because no, from the beginning all the way to the end, they just got beat up. And it was shameful. It was disgusting. They didn't look like they wanted to be there. You know, I mean, you got Claypool, you have um, Juju talking trash about they're just the Browns. And, like, it's, come on, man. Shut up and play the game. Like, I I don't have a problem with trash talk, but, I mean, come on. It, it doesn't look like they took them seriously. It doesn't. And because of that, they pretty much got blown out within the first couple minutes of the game. And, and didn't you feel like it was, it was like, that karma factor? Like, once Juju started talking in the week, I just, yeah. right away, I was like, uh, this, you know how this works. This usually doesn't play out well for guys that do this, especially against a team that, say, they've always been dominating. It just, mm-hmm. just historically, just, you always feel like that karma factor comes in. And I just, I just got that sense. I was just like, uh, I feel like this game is going to be a lot closer than, you know what I mean, where he's making it out to be. And he, and he has every right to feel that way because he's playing against them. But I, I just had that karmic feeling. Like, I was just like, I don't know, man. I don't know how this is going to work out. 
Um, it was a complete disappointment. Um, in terms of teams that I think that have a bright future, um, let me see. I'd have to say the Titans. I like the Titans, man. I've always liked the Titans. I feel like they're a really well-balanced team, like defensively and offens- offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have T- Tannehill, who's a solid quarterback. They have a really good run game. Um, you know, they have A.J. Brown. Um, they have Derrick Henry, of course. Um, you know, they just have some really good young players, and they keep adding to them every single year. So I, I think they have a very bright future. They just need to get off this get get by get off this hump in terms of getting out of the first round. Well, last um, year they made it to the to the to the, to the true. NFC championship, so I mean, after they knocked off the Patriots in the first round. That is yeah, true. That is yeah. true. But I, I feel like they are a team on a cusp of actually becoming something, right? So I, yeah, I like I like them. I like them a lot. I I send my disgusted energy to two teams actually. I would say the Steelers mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I would actually say the Seahawks. Mm, yeah. You know, like I know everybody felt disgusted by by the Steelers. You basically jacked all my points. There's so obvious reasons, you know, like everything we kind of discussed, their vacated run game, everything else. But to me, there was no way in hell that the Seahawks should have lost that game. I feel yeah. like I feel like they lost the war of the line because we all know like that defensive line on the Rams is serious, and yeah. and and then Aaron Donald is like. He's probably the closest thing to like a real life Wolverine, like from X Men. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. Because 100%. because uh, you know you people don't realize he's like six feet tall and he and he's on a def- and he's a defensive tackle. So I, I mean know. you you've seen some guys in the past like a like a Elvis Doomerville for example in the past where he's not yeah. a, he's not tall but he's he's on more he's on the line but he's more on the outside. You know what I mean? Where right where he like, where he's coming around the bend, but. This guy's getting double teamed at six one, and he's moving guys, man. Like I don't know how the hell he does this shit. Like he's, he's strong, man. Yeah, he's, he, he's crazy. He's, I, I think he's like two hundred seventy five pounds, like and two, I'm sure yeah. everybody's seen like um, everybody's seen the um, the shirtless the pictures. Gifts. Yeah, the, well, yeah, they have gifts of him picking up like three hundred pound linemen, um, slamming them into another three hundred pound lineman, and just going around like he's like an action superhero, honestly. And I, and I say the shirtless pictures because if you see his, his picture shirtless, he looks like a superhero. Like he he's not one of those guys that has the big, humongous belly and he's just moving. Guy, like he's he looks like a superhero. Does it make sense? No, it doesn't make sense, man. He's got abs. He's got everything. Like he's <laughs> he's like chiseled, and you don't even realize it because he's such a like he's he's not a huge guy. He's only six feet tall. Yeah, but man, he's strong. Like he, this guy's powerful. When he gets off that push. And he does all his damage on the inside. I know. It's not even as if he's like an outside guy, right? He's going right up the tackles. He's going right over. He's lying up over the tackles, over the guards. Like he, he's just blowing people. He's going through people. He's not going around man. them. He's going through them. Yeah, like some of it is speed, but a lot of it is just is just power, man. Like, and I mean, look at it. Like the guy, the guy had two sacks. He busted his ribs from basically tackling Russ. Was it on a sack? Like he, where he hurt his ribs on that play, and honestly, I'd be stunned if he didn't play on Sunday. Yeah, no, he's he's definitely gonna play. He might be a little hurt, but he's gonna play, man. Yeah, he's gonna play. But and I mean, with the Hawks, like I heard you saying, like it was disappointing, but I can't be, I can't see him surprised. They have one of the worst defenses in the league. Well, they true. have to, yeah. Last year, I mean, they played a little bit better coming coming. Um, 
like halfway through the season. They got yeah. uh, Adams back, I think it was, yeah, right? Jamal Adams was a big, big responsibility for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he he did he made the team play a little bit better. But I mean, aside from that, they don't have a good defense, and their O line is still the same. Like they're one of those teams that's just like they their quarterback covers all everything, all all their failings. Because yeah. Russ puts up so many points, and then you put in DK Metcalf, um, you know he scores a lot of points too. But their offensive line, once they go against a good defense, it's it's over. Like their offensive line is crap. Yeah. They never and running backs. Like when was the last time they up, upgrade their running backs? They still have Carson. This dude gets injured every single year. Calvin, he honestly, man, he 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 spends more time on the bench than he does in the flipping games. He's always injured. Yeah, and, and, so, and you're right, because you look at his stats, uh, Russell Wilson's stats. I mean, he went 11 for 27, and he had mm-hmm. 174 yards in a TD. Like, that's – it's it's not surprising that they, that uh, that Schottenheimer, the, the OC, recently got fired from it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not right. surprising because you can't fire the quarterback. So, no, you know, and, and Russell is too valuable, so he had to take the hit. But I just – it's, it's kind of the same thing where it's like – they just—I felt like they just didn't make any adjustments. Like as soon as he was getting, like they flummoxed Russ, and as soon as that kept happening, it's like they never made an adjustment. Yeah, like it was yeah. weird. It was weird to watch. I'm not a Seahawks fan because you know I'm a Niners guy and they're in my division. So Russell Russell has a chance to go home every night to to Sierra. So fuck him. But <laughs> screw that guy. You know, fuck that guy. <laughs> It was pretty ass. Fuck him. His perfect wife and his perfect life. Yeah. He can fuck go, that he, asshole. He can go fuck himself. But with that said, you know, like I was still like, I, I can't believe this Rams team is going to come and beat them because I I mean, mm. we'll get into this in a moment. I can't stand Goff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. Uh, he puts the, the mid and mid tier run uh, quarterback guy, honestly. Now, I'm going to surprise you with with uh, the team that I think has a has a bright future. It's not as bright as the Titans, because I agree okay. with you with the Titans, but I'm going to go a different direction. Just stay okay. with me on this. I'm going to say the Redskins. I know. You I know, know what? I know. I knew you. I knew. No, actually, I knew you were going to say that because okay. I was okay. thinking about saying that myself. Okay. All right. But then I was like, you know what? The Titans. But I, I hear what you're saying. Go ahead. Okay. Wow. I thought I thought I was crazy. Okay, fine. That's, no, that's good. But I mean, look, they got a good running back. Right, mm-hmm. they got they got uh what's his, what's his name Gibson. again Gibson yeah Antonio Gibson whatever they like he's a good running back they got they got some decent receivers they got a good receiver with Terry uh, McLaren McLaren sorry McLaren I'm messing up yeah. the names today getting old mm-hmm. um <laughs> but they but they got him he's a good he's a good wideout they got a solid tight end with Logan Thomas and they got a a young incredible line which and 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 not just that they're all under the rookie salary cap. All first round draft picks, Calvin. Yeah, their defensive line is all rookie, all all first line draft picks. Literally for the past three, four years. Yep, and and you know yeah. what? And it reminds me. Uh, I want to reference you know my team again, the Niners, because when the Niners became really good last year, a lot of it was because the last three, four years we we're drafting you know first, second, third overall. We we're picking up guys on the line. You know, right. it's just it's just this year. Obviously, we got mashed up with injuries, but. Like really and truly, like when you look at the way they drafted, they drafted defensively. They got a bunch of guys that like they shored up their like the first the front seven. They 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 shored up that that whole thing. And I think Washington's kind of doing like they're running from that same playbook. But they got they got some studs. Like Chase Young is a beast. Yes. Chase Young yes. is a beast, man. And and the rest of them, like 
God, like <laughs> it's it's yeah. imp- it's impressive. Like and then and then you yeah. know what that what's his name? Uh, Heineke Heineke. He wasn't bad. Yo, yo, I you know what the first thing I saw after I saw him play, I was like, this guy could be the future for Washington. Yeah, I was like, this guy played well, man. He threw the deep ball well. He's a mobile quarterback. You see that touchdown this guy scored from like 16 yards up? That was awesome. I was like, whoa, where did this guy come from? And they literally just picked him off the streets. Picked him up off the street. I think he was like an accountant or something or something ridiculous like that. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, they literally picked him up off the streets. And I I remember they said something. I don't know if he was a manager of a grocery store. For some reason, that's sticking out of my head. I was going to say, is it like the Kirk Warner remix? Something like that, exactly, exactly. Because I remember I saw an interview where he was saying, like, he was telling people that he was an NFL quarterback and he was going to play this weekend, and he said nobody believed him. <laughs> like, you're not an NFL quarterback. Get out of here, right? And then this guy goes in the game, and he's just like, "Wow, this guy played really damn well." Where was this guy the past couple of month, couple weeks, past couple of months? And I think he was like the third string or something like that. Yeah, he was. He was, and and mind you, it's one game, but to yeah. be thrown in a playoff game, you know, I know there's not fans in the crowd to like, you know, to deter you or, or distract you or anything like that. But he handled mm-hmm. it well, you know. He, did. he handled it well, and and honestly, looking at him play, no one should be more disgusted with himself than Dwayne Haskins, because oh, had, sure. had he not acted like a jackass the last couple of months, that would have been him playing, not Heineke. He's like a he's like a Jamarcus Russell remix to me at this point. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know what to say about this guy. I mean, even if he did play, he would have. I don't. I don't know if they would have thrown him in. I think they might have. They might have risked bringing in somebody off the street. They might have still played than, Heineke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was just that bad. That's why this guy's terrible, man. And then top it off, like this guy doesn't want to learn the playbook. Does doesn't know how to read plays, and then. What was it? He went to some party or what did he get kicked out of league for? It was like, well, he went to the strip club. He didn't get kicked out for that. Club, but but after he went to the strip club and got stripped of his cannons, uh captaincy, he then yeah. went. I think he played one more game and he was atrocious in that mm-hmm. last game. Like it was it was like beyond bad. He was know? always bad. though. Yeah, yeah. it was. He it, played. Was it was beyond yeah. bad. And I'm like, man. And you know, Roger, I you know I'm like Dave Chappelle with the black actors. I, I support the black QBs, man. But I'm like, I, I just, I'm just like, I I can't I can't do it with this guy. <laughs> he's, no, he's not no, showing no. me anything right now. No, no, no. And you think, you think he would somewhat get better after after two years of playing? And it's like, no, you pretty much suck, dude. And, and like, he, I mean, yeah. No, no. And and I was gonna say like with um. With Ron Rivera, like they got a decent coach too. I, like honestly, I think this this off season is going to be really important in how they they use the off season in terms of drafting and in terms of picking up free agents. Like they can't go for the the same thing where like they go after all. They're, they're like almost like the New York Knicks in the in the off season. They, they try to go after all these big names. They usually get those big names, and then the big names don't do anything when they get there. But they they gotta just continue to draft well, especially this yep. off season, and then pick up some guys that can like you know be an impact in the locker room you know what i mean like just they need some yeah. just just some solid vests to kind of just put it together but like they got i, I think they got something there like it's weird it, like i know it's weird to say because they went seven and nine but i'm mm-hmm. like i'm looking at them and i'm like they got a little something there like this that's and it's, but especially that defensive line because that that shit cures everything man once your line is that strong you're always in games you're blowing up the other team's it's offense true. 
you know, sure. and and then the def and then and then um you know the backline the secondary they have a, a better opportunity to be successful too, right? So because they yeah. they can get at easier passes and the whole thing plays out with that defensive line and it's so strong they can mm-hmm. they can ride that for the next couple of years before you got to start paying guys and picking which ones that you got to like let go and you know what I mean like they got a yeah. franchise tag like they they have some time to figure that out still. Yep. Yep. No, I agree. I agree. I think the first thing they need to do is find a quarterback. That's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing. Um, I I feel like that was the biggest hole that they had this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just they need consistency. They were all over the place in quarterback, which I kind of get because I mean they're still kind of young, and you know they had Dwayne Haskins who started at the beginning, and then they had um, what's his name, Alex. Alex Smith, um, yeah. Yeah, Alex, who who came in and which is I mean, a great story, by the way. That was a great, which is story. a fantastic story. I mean, yeah. yeah, this guy comeback player of the year, no doubt. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't throw the ball down the field well. Like, I mean, he's great with short passes, but don't ask him to show throw anywhere past like twenty yards. Yeah, and um, you know he's not mobile. Like he's always protecting that leg. Which shoot, I'd be protecting that <laughs> leg too. You almost you know, lost you, it. Of course you would. You almost lost it. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. But um, I feel like they need a quarterback. Like if they could draft a quarterback or even, I don't know, pick up a Matt Stafford, pick up um, a, a, a Darnold, um, pick up somebody, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think they'd be really successful. I feel like they're only a few pieces away from being really, really, really good. good. Yeah. And they're in a week to finish in two because, I mean, the Cowboys, I don't know what's up with the Cowboys. They could never seem to get it together. Um, well, the Giants. Have, they're they're going to have to pay Prescott now. Like, pay the man and just be done with it. Come on, Jerry. You've spent a lot more money on a lot less. Like, what are you crying about? Pay the dude. You know, if you don't think he's your future, then let him go. Get some draft picks and find another quarterback. Maybe the Redskins. But make up your mind. Huh? <laughs> Maybe the Redskins will, will actually, no, he won't let the Redskins take him. I think he, he, no. I think he quicker signed him before he watched him go to Washington. I agree. I agree. I agree. <laughs> but I think he just needs to like make a decision. Go with it. He yeah. he kept Romo there for how many flipping years, and Romo was like yeah. Romo. Yeah. I can't say he sucked, but I can't say he was really that good. Yeah, either. he was mediocre for for a while, for a good while. Absolutely, too. and he paid that man top dollar. So I don't get it. Prescott puts up good numbers. Does he win you games? Probably not. But I mean, at this point, you know. Jerry, you just want to bring people into the stands, and Prescott brings people to the stands. Well, not these COVID stands, but yeah. I, I well, not these COVID stands. Well, <laughs> I don't even know that because wasn't there rumors that he was still trying to bring people into his uh, his stadiums? Oh, he, for well, Cowboys he did. Games? He did. So he, he did. He's he like, did. fuck COVID. I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> I need to sell seats. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, but so, you're right yeah, though. But, you look at the rest of the division. Phillies, like they're like in a flux right now. I don't yeah. know what's happening with them. And then the Giants, like they got to figure that stuff out. Either I mean, I mean, you got Saquon Barkley who's hurt. Um, <laughs> you know, he, we think he's gonna bounce back, but you just you just never know because it is a knee injury and he is a running back. Um, so right. you don't quite know. And then Daniel Jones. And I don't know about Daniel Jones, man. Right. He started off really well. And then after that, it's like, I don't know. Who is this guy? Like he isn't he really isn't doing much at all, man. And Saquon, I don't know, man. I feel like he's he's like I don't know what to say about Saquon. He he could be the prototypical court running back. You know, big, strong, fast. Like he ticks off all the boxes. But I'm sorry, he just doesn't put up the stats, man. 
He doesn't. Mm. Even when he does play a full year, and you could blame it on the old line, you could blame it on a million and one different things. But I don't know, man. I, I just I don't get a warm feeling from this guy. Like, you know, there's some running backs that you look at them and you're like, wow, this guy could really be something. Like I look at that Jonathan Taylor, right? And I watch how he runs, and I, I he has like a desperation to him, where he's not afraid of anything. He'll run into anything. He'll run through a brick wall, and I'm like, this guy's gonna be something. Saquon, I don't get that feeling. Really? That's interesting. I don't. I don't know what it is, man. Maybe it's his stats. I I, I don't know what it is. And technically on paper, he should be fantastic because he catches the ball. He runs the ball well. He does everything. But Highlight plays. God, yeah, good Lord. He's had I, some great highlights so far. He has. But it's it's like, you know, it's, his game, I, I his game is like he'll have two or three games where he doesn't do much. And then one game where he'll do like amazing. And it's just enough to give you hope to think this guy's a superstar. But then he'll go into another drought with another two, three games. And it could be poor quarterback play. It could be the O-line. I don't know. It could be a lot of things. It's just I, I feel like he's one of those guys who's like he has so much potential to be so much better than what he's doing right now. Mm, that's that's interesting. That's interesting because, like I said, I'm more concerned about how he's going to be coming back off this knee injury. Like nowadays mm – -hmm. You know, with with modern modern medicine and stuff now, like you can you can come back and be almost a hundred percent in like ten months from it from a knee injury. But it's, again, it's just that position. You know what I mean? You just you just right. don't know, you know, like how that's gonna play out. Like not everybody's that Adrian Peterson that can just come back yeah. and give you two thousand yards the next year. You know, agreed. Agreed. So it's, it's gonna agreed. be interesting. All right, so let's yeah. let's get to these uh these these playoff matchups here. Um, sure. So we'll start off with um. I'm going to kind of mix it around a little bit. We'll start off with, with Cleveland and Kansas City. Uh, can, can Baker Mayfield and the Browns pull off the impossible? <laughs> I think they can, Calvin. I think they can, but it's going to have to be like a perfect a perfect storm sort of scenario. Like um, with Baker Mayfield, he's played really, really well this year. Like really, really well. I've been impressed with him just simply for the fact that he's played so bad for the past couple of years, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, he has a pretty strong arm. He seemed really accurate. Like, he had 26 TDs, eight interceptions this year. Uh, he threw for 3,500 yards. Um, so he had a good, solid year this year. Um, I love his running backs. I love the running game. Like, I think their running game is probably definitely top five. Probably, I think they had, the like, the best, the, the top, the, the second best running game in the league with Chubb and Hunt. Mm -hmm. Like, those guys are fantastic. Yeah, um, I really think that the Browns have a chance, but it really depends. Number one, Mahomes, like you said before, if if they pressure Mahomes and he's not throwing the ball well, then they might have a chance. But I think they have a better chance of keeping of winning by keeping Mahomes on the bench. Yeah, and that all goes through the running game. Like I feel like they are almost like the Patriots from like what three years ago when the Patriots beat um, Mahomes in uh, I think it was like the semifinals or the AFC finals. AFC, yeah, AFC yeah, where they just they they kept Mahomes off the bench uh, on the bench. Mm -hmm. um, time of possession was like it was ridiculous. It was huge. Yeah, yeah, and I feel and, like and this still, is going to be that type they, of game. And they still almost lost. That was a crazy they did. Game. They still they did Mahomes. Lost. Because they came back like they normally do, and they went to overtime. Yeah, and lucky the Patriots got the the, the flip of the the coin, and they ended up winning. But uh, I almost feel like it's going to be that type of game because I don't feel like I don't think that Maker Mayfield could keep up with Mahomes if Mahomes is rolling. 
because their offense is just too explosive. And I don't think they could go point for point with them. So I think the best thing they could hope for is maybe some solid special teams play and keep Mahomes on the bench. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Because I feel like Kansas City's defense does not do well against running teams. Yeah, And I, I think if they just kind of like 75% pat, uh, run, 25% pass, I think they might have a chance to shock the world. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I, and I'll give you the your respect with, with Baker because I don't like him, <laughs> you know, just based on not just of his game, but just I think it's more how he kind of carried himself because I always said he's a little, even though he's, he seems like he's humbled himself this year, but right. like the first couple of years, I, I, I found him a little too cocky for a guy that like he, the, with, the, with the production that he was putting up, I'm like, he's a little too cocky. He's carrying himself a little too highly on, on his pedestal and he's not that guy. You know, I agree. But this year, he's like he kind of humbled himself, and you know, so I'll give him that. In the last half of the year, he actually was playing well. I don't know, like, it, will he? Can he go shot for shot with Patrick? Based on that Ravens game a few weeks ago, I mm-hmm. think he has the potential to do it. I just, I'm just not sure if the team overall is built for that. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like the thing with the Browns, like underratedly, like their their D is terrible. Like they had the easiest schedule in the league and their defense is still ranked 25th overall. I know. You know, and I think that's what's going to be like a, a massive problem going against Kansas City on on um, I think on Saturday. Um but I do agree with that sense though with that I think if they if they do win or they do have a great chance, it's going to be because of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Yeah. Like I they, that is like the biggest matchup in the game is them versus K- KC's run D. Like Absolutely. Like, versus Frank Clark versus yeah. their big linebackers. I feel like it, it's definitely going to come down to that. Um, and then you're going to sprinkle in some passing here and there to like, like Jarvis Landry. But I, I really feel like it's going to be coming coming down to the running game. Yeah, I, th- I think so, too. So, so yeah, so you got KC winning this one, right? I do have KC winning this one, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love to see the Browns win just because I feel like they're one of those fan bases that like, God. Oh, they deserve it. They deserve. They oh, des- they, they so deserve, deserve some it. W's. They do. Oh, the dog pound so deserves it. They deserve a good team, and I feel like they they do have a good team this year. Yeah, it's just it's gonna have to be like a Pittsburgh versus the Browns sort of game, kind of like what happened last week, where it's like mm-hmm. everything that could possibly go wrong for Pittsburgh goes wrong. I feel like it's gonna have to be that type of game, and I just don't know if anybody could possibly have two games in a row like that. If that actually happens, like in that fashion again. Just put your money on on the Browns to win the Super Bowl right now. <laughs> they, they they could be like the Giants of uh, what was it, two thousand seventeen? Yep. When they win it, nobody picked them to win anything, and then all of a sudden they go and they blow past uh, you know good teams. They go blow past good teams and they go right to the Super Bowl, where they knock off my Patriots, who were perfect all season. <laughs> oh, you mean two thousand seven? Like that. That's you mean two thousand seven? Oh, was it two thousand? Okay, yeah, yes, yeah. two thousand seven. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're, it, it, that's hilarious. I, it's it's funny, man. Like, do you before we move on to the next the next matchup? Do you think go like, OBJ being hurt? Do you think that kind of like helped the team? I do, I do. You, you, I think the problem is when OBJ is on the field. I think he, I don't know if he demands the ball literally, but I feel like Baker feels almost obligated to throw him the ball, and I feel like by doing that, it kind of, it kind of. Um, I guess unevens the offense, so to speak. Yeah, and it's it's been like that literally for the past what two three years now. Mm-hmm. Like every time they they try and force him the ball, they never win, and it never works out well mm-hmm. because 
either the passing game isn't, everybody else isn't really doing that well. He's not catching the ball well. Like, OBJ in the past two, three years, have been, he's been terrible. I'm sorry, man. He's been horrible. And part of it's because of Baker, but part of it's because of him, too. Like, he's dropping a lot of balls, man. Yeah. Like, I feel like OBG, OBJ needs a, needs a change. And I think they should get rid of him, get rid of his salary, trade him off to another team, get a first-round pick, because it seems like they're much better without him. Sorry to yeah, say, like, I think I think he he he, he basically the, the pressure kind of came off a little bit where he can kind of share the ball evenly. Yeah, and it yeah. got it kind of worked out to their benefit. It's not going to work out to their benefit on on this weekend, but I, I understand what you say from that aspect because I do wonder that I'm like, huh, is that that's kind of interesting that they still won like eleven eleven and five, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and he had nothing to do with it essentially. Yeah, at this point, I I don't see the point of keeping a large salary of like his. And plus, I feel like he's almost a distraction. Yeah, I you know, think, I but, I, but, I, but I think he's been pretty good for the most part this year. Other than that, um, that whole you know rumor that we can't really talk about regarding um, you know toilet bowl <laughs> procedures. You know, yeah, uh, yeah, we won't go there. <laughs> but yeah, I I agree. Yeah, I think he he this year he was definitely on his best behavior, and I think it was just bad luck that he got injured. Yeah. But I mean, on a whole, I I feel like when he when he's not playing, I feel like they're a more balanced team. So with the Rams yeah. now entering Green Bay in this cold weather, um, are you giving the Rams a snowball's chance in hell to win in Green Bay? I think I think the answer is yes for you, right? I am one hundred percent, man. I I like the Rams. I don't like their offense as much as I like their defense. Yeah, and I feel like their defense is built to take on the Packers. And the reason I say that is because they have the number one pass rush in the league with Aaron Donald. Um, and then their back end, their secondary is solid. They have yeah. like the, I think it's like the second, second ranked, uh, secondary. Yeah. Jalen Ramsey has been shutting down people all year. Yeah. So, you know, that Jalen Ramsey is going to be literally stuck to Adam's hip the whole game. Yeah. And I just don't feel like Aaron Rodgers can win a game unless Adams scores, scores with the ball. I, I, I just don't see it happening. Because then all of a sudden he's going to have to look at other receivers. He's going to have to look at this tight end, Tanya, and he's going to have to look at, um, you know, Scantling. Yeah. He's going to have to look at other other wide receivers. And I just don't feel like he's as efficient as he is when Adams is cu- catching two two touchdowns. Adams has had an amazing year. This guy's had like seventeen touchdowns, oh, he's, he's fifteen hundred yards. He's like great. he's been unstoppable all year. But Jalen Ramsey, yo, he shuts people down, man. And that's why I, I do give the Rams a chance because I feel like their offense just does just enough to win. You know, mm-hmm. they still have Woods on one side. They have Cup on the other side. Yeah. They have that new running back, Ackers, in the backfield, who's yeah. really, really good. He is good. Uh, and Goff, Goff is, Goff is like whatever, man. 20 TDs, 13 interceptions this year. But I feel like if he just, if he manages the game, I think they have a chance to win. Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think the, the key for them is they got to run. Like I yeah. think they they, they got to use acres up like this this game because like to me they, I don't even think they should be here. Um, right. But um. But if Donald doesn't play, I think it's going to be even worse. Uh, for yeah. this team, who, like they seem to have mastered uh, Lafleur's off Matt Lafleur's offense at this point. Um, mm-hmm. And and then my whole thing too is just well, number one, Goff doesn't play well in cold weather. Um, True. Like in in cold weather games where it's below freezing, he's. He has no TDs and five picks. He doesn't handle it well. It's the fact right. that he he's, he had a, a thumb surgery on his on his on his uh, throwing hand, 
That's not yeah. going to do well for cold weather unless he's wearing like super thermal gloves. Um, and those warm weather teams, they historically, they just, they don't play they they don't play well when the weather's cold unless they're elite or their defense is elite. And I mean, the Rams are anything but elite. I, I, don't get me wrong, their defense is really good. But like, are they going to do what like say like the Jaguars did a couple of years ago when their defense was just destroying everybody, even no matter what the weather was? Mm. Like, are they gonna are they gonna do that again? I I don't personally feel that way when I when I watch them play, but but I, I don't know. I just I just I feel like getting home field advantage for Rodgers was crucial, and I think this was the right team for them. I guess we're on the opposite end of the, the spectrum because yeah, I agree with Ramsey being on Adams. I think that's gonna that's gonna be a wash, gotcha. but but I think their run game is really good, and and I don't think the Rams are great on 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 the run game in terms mm-hmm. of the run defense and. I think Aaron Jones is going to be the key to this game. Like, I, I can honestly see him. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets at least like 130 yards on Saturday, but we'll see. We'll see. But I hear you, man. I hear you. I, I only honestly, I only feel that I feel like the, the Rams have a chance just simply because of that defense. Yeah. But I do agree with you in terms of the cold weather games. I feel like if the Rams win, it's because their defense basically shuts down um, um, Adams, Adams, and um, turnovers. You know, whether it's fumbles, whether it's interceptions, I think the defense is going to have to win the game because I just don't feel like the like the offense is going to put up enough points. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. We'll see what happens, man. And, we'll see what happens. And and you know what? It's kind of touching your point, too. It's look, Rodgers is, a, is an immaculate receiver. I love Rodgers, one of my favorite quarterbacks. I, I like I love watching him play. But in mm-hmm. the playoffs, you know, you've seen Green Bay over the years flame out yes. when they shouldn't have flamed out. So. Yep. Would, would it shock me it, because of that point? Like, if, if, if they're to catch an L this weekend, I, I wouldn't be shocked. You know what I mean? But I, I do see them beating the Rams. Do you see the Rams beating Green Bay this weekend? No, I would go for Green Bay. Okay. I would still go for Green Bay. But you think it's going to be close? But I think it's going to be close. I okay. think it's going to be closer than whatever the people ex- um, what people expect. Just simply for the fact that of the defense, man. I feel like defense, if you have a good defense, a good solid defense, mm-hmm. I feel like a good solid defense can mask whatever ailments you have on your offense. I really, truly feel like that. If they take away the ball for turnovers, um, if they stop Aaron Rodgers, if they shut down Adams, I, I think that they have a good chance. Are they going to do it? I don't know. You know, they're playing at Lambo. It's freezing, flipping cold outside. I don't know. Um, we'll see. But, I mean, I'll tell you one thing. Usually... When it when it comes to cold weather, um, cold weather usually benefits the team that runs the ball the best. That's true. Because you know the ball is hard; it gets cold. It, receivers' hands get cold. It's like ca- catching a rock, and you know yeah. Aaron Rodgers, like when he throws that ball, he throws it with velocity. So, not a lot of people are going to be want to catch a ball from Aaron Rodgers when it's like negative whatever outside, negative right. two or three outside, right? Right. Yeah. True. True. Although, although they should be used to it by now, but I, I get what you're saying. They, no? <laughs> they should. They should, but still. All right. So the next matchup will be uh, the, the Saints versus the Buccaneers. Um, do you see the Saints sweeping the Bucks, winning all three games versus Brady this season, including on Sunday? <sighs> Ooh, that's going to be such a good game, man. That's the game that I'm looking forward to. This could go really, really good or really, really bad for the Bucks. Um, the only reason I say that is, um, you know, yes. Basically, the New, New the Saints have had the Bucks' number for the past two games this season. Like, they they literally blew them out. The first game, 
I don't know if I could really say the the first game was really indicative in, indicative of how well the Bucks could play, just simply for the fact that it was their very first game they played. Yeah. Um, it was Brady's first time with his wide receivers. They had no they had no preseason due to COVID. Um, you know, you could tell they had like zero. He had zero chemistry with his wide receivers. You know, Brady is the type of passer that, you know, he anticipates where his wide receivers are going to be. Yeah. So if he thinks if he calls a play and a wide receiver is supposed to do a curl route and come back, the ball will be right there by the time they curl. Right. But a lot of these receivers, they, they're not used to that. So, you know, they might do a curl route and then they go and do some other route or they might, you know, half-ass it or something because they're not sure if they're going to get the ball. So I feel like over the season, the Bucks' wide receivers had to learn how to play with Brady. And it probably took Brady chewing them out quite a few times saying, listen, why didn't you finish that route? You should always be ready and blah, blah, blah. And you need to be where I think you're going to be for, for me to actually be able to throw you the ball. I feel like he's had several discussions over the season with that. <laughs> um, you know, the second game against New Orleans was basically it was it was terrible for Brady. Oh, that was, Brady that threw was like disgusting. three picks. It was so bad. One thing I can say is they did not run the ball. Like I don't know who was calling the plays. I think it was one of the times where it's Bruce Arians and, and Byron Leftwich was calling the the plays because Aaron Jones got the ball. Like not Aaron Jones. Sorry. Um, what's his name? That running back. Yeah, um, Ronald Jones. Ronald, Ronald Jones, Ronald yeah. Jones, Ronald Jones Fournette, basically, yeah, both of them. And Fournette, exactly. They only ran the ball like five times. Yeah. And they were just counting on Brady. Brady was passing like every single down, running for his life. Um, it was a terrible, terrible, terrible game for them. Like they literally got blown out. Um, which brings us to this game now. Brady is a type of person that will sit there and he will study and study and study. I will bet you money that for the past couple of days, he hasn't seen the kids. He hasn't seen Giselle. He's mm-hmm. locked up inside some room inside of his mansion where he's just going over game tape. Every single mistake that he's made against this team, and there's a lot of game tape for him versus New Orleans. He has two, two games. solid games. Yeah. yeah. So he's just going over it and over it and over it and trying to figure out where his mistakes lie. So, I mean. And don't forget I, going to bed at 630. And going to bed at six thirty, and while eating his avocado ice cream, one hundred percent. So I mean, I know Brady's going to be ready, and I know he's calling the plays now. So I think they're going to have a more balanced offense. Um, it seems like towards the end of the season, yeah, they played some weaker teams, but it seemed like they had more chemistry. Him and the wide receivers, like you saw Antonio Brown getting more yeah. into it. Um, you know, Godwin Evans has played amazing. So I think they have a good chance this weekend, and then. If I look at the other side of the ball in terms of New Orleans, New Orleans is a good team, but I'm sorry. In the playoffs, they melt down. Yeah. Like, look at look at the past three years. Like, last year, they got beat by the Vikings. Yeah, that was no um, excuse for that one. Yeah, exactly. It was it was Rudolph pushing off whoever it was in the end zone, catching the touchdown. The game's over. Mm-hmm. The year before that was the game against the Rams. That wasn't their fault, though. That, that, that wasn't their fault. Yeah. No, that was a bad call because that was clearly pass interference. <laughs> the DB literally hit this guy, like, hit de- the wide receiver. He depleted he- him before the ball even got there. Like <laughs> Exactly. I still can't figure out that one, but it happened, and they ended up losing. And then the year before that was the Vikings again. Oh, and that was right. the, Steph- right. the the catch heard around the world by Stefan Diggs. Diggs, that's right. That's right. I forgot I about that. Deal. Cannot to this day figure out what the hell happened and what the DB was thinking about. You know what was crazy about that play 
is when he <laughs> caught it, Roger, when he caught it and he turned around, I was <laughs> automatically expecting somebody to pop up the other side of the TV screen and tackle him. Everybody and then, was. And then when he just kept running, I'm like, and I just heard the crowd getting louder. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> There's nobody there? I, like, I didn't even celebrate. I just stood there like, I can't believe nobody nobody came on the other side of the TV screen to tackle him. Like, I just, it made no sense to me. Calvin, to this day, I'm convinced that somebody paid off that TV. Because he just, <laughs> it was such a bad miss. Like, I can't remember what he did. Did he dive for the ball? He, I don't think he even dived for the ball. Yeah, I think, I think I, Diggs I, caught the ball, and then he went to go, and I think he went to go tackle him or something. But he completely missed the tackle. And, like, he and, didn't even and, touch and this guy. And took, out his own, and took out his own teammate on top of that. And took out the safety, too, to top it off. <laughs> and then Diggs just ran. And Diggs, I don't even think this guy realized he was that open. At one point, I think he, he looked like he was going to go out of bounds, and he was like, wait a minute, nobody's here? And he just yeah. kept on running right to the end zone. Yeah, that, so, that, I mean, that was insane. Yeah, that was bad. So, New Orleans, I mean, they've pretty much had the same team for the past three years. And every year, you know, they'll make it to the NFC, the, the um, you know, usually to the, the conference. And they tend to lose. So, um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. It, this one's a tough one. And that's kind of why I'm excited to see this game. Because yeah. I feel like um, it's hard in the NFL to beat a team three times in one season. It's difficult. It really, and you know what? Just to touch on that, just because you saw it last week, right, with the Rams and the Seahawks. It's really right. hard, especially when they're on your own division. It's, it's hard to beat a team three times in a year. Exactly, because they know you. Like, they know each other now. It's not like there's, you know, there's no guessing. They know that New Orleans has a really good defense. They're like, I think they're like third, third best in the league. Um, And their offense is really good. Like, they they know, they know each other really, really well. Mm -hmm. So, um, it should be a good game. Like, I mean, that's the game that I'm actually, I'm dying to see. Yeah. Because I I know Brady, and I, everybody knows that uh, Brady's, um, how Brady plays in the playoffs. How Brady plays in the playoffs is completely different than how he plays in the regular season. Because mm-hmm. it's like do or die. Like, like this guy. I don't know. It should be a really good game, man. And you it can see, and you can see the team kind of feeding off of that too. Like just of of that mind shift in the playoffs. Like this week, mm-hmm. or even last week too. Because you know they obviously they played against Washington. But you, you're right. There is a difference. There there is there is a difference. And 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 when with him, you know, if we're remembering. The, the the way they got their asses handed to them against the Saints the first two years, you you damn well know he is, oh, you know, for sure. and Absolutely. and that's the thing. Like I, I like they haven't been on fire specifically this year, but I I don't really like what I'm seeing necessarily from the Saints either. Like they're mm-hmm. they're getting healthy at the right time. Their defense is 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 really good, and it's kind of hard to rate them versus the Bears because they're the fucking Bears. Like they're just you know like whatever. Like I'm mad yeah. that they actually even made the playoffs. <laughs> um, I, I, it's funny. I think one of the keys to the game. I won't even say the key, but I think one of the keys to this game. I think it could be Antonio Brown, because mm-hmm. if he's our third receiver and he's having a good game for them, I I, I can see this this game kind of swinging their way. Absolutely, absolutely. It's not like they don't have the personnel to do it. Like the, their wide receivers are phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I did notice last week was Godwin was dropping a lot of passes, man. Mm-hmm. A lot of passes. Bouncing off his hands and all sorts of stuff. Um, the one thing I can't say is Brady. Oh my gosh! Like I, I've been watching. Like I'm, I'm still a Pats fan, one hundred percent. And by extension, I'm still a Brady fan. Yeah, you like, still, I'm you not, still love Brady. You still have the man crush. Exactly. I, I'm not too crazy about the Bucks. 
in itself. I mean, they do have some really good wide receivers, and they're they are entertaining to watch. I find that their defense gives up way too many big plays, and sometimes they don't come to play. Um, so I'm not too crazy about that. But Brady is somebody that I, I honestly watch, and like the way he's throwing the ball this year, wow! Yeah. Just last week, like he was the fire that this guy was putting on the ball. Like he had some zip on the ball, man. And he's throwing it like 30, 40, 50 yards down the field. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people after last year, they were saying, well, Brady doesn't have the arm anymore. Not that he re- ever really had the arm because the Patriots offense was all set up for short passes. And then once in a while, they throw a long pass, right? Whereas the Bucks, like their offense, their offense, um, their offensive personality is completely different. They're all about the long ball. No, what they call it? No risk it, no biscuit. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why Brady has almost all, like, so many yards this year, so many completions, um, so many TDs. Like, he's had a stellar year, man. And this guy's, what, 42, 43 or something? Like, I don't even know how old this guy is. He's, I think he's, like, 42, maybe 43. And yeah. I'm just blown away, man. His arm looked good last week. Like, it looked really good. I mean, look, I mean... Everything gets negated if, if Michael Thomas is Michael Thomas. Like, if he has one of those crazy True. explosive games, then all this shit goes out the window, <laughs> what we've been saying the last few minutes. True. But True. I, I think this game is going to be a lot closer than anticipated. But mm-hmm. if I have to choose, honestly, Roger, mm-hmm. the hell with it. I would choose Tampa Bay. I think Tom Brady pulls it off. I agree, too. I agree, too. I agree, too. And just because it's Brady. If it was any other quarterback, I'd probably say, no, they're going to lose. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Brady, just the way Brady is, this, there's no way this guy's going to take a beating like he took last time. Like they're gonna, what they're probably going to do, what I think their game plan is going to be, is they're going to keep Gronk in to 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 block. Yeah. Right. Um, they're gonna have they're gonna run the ball a lot better because they've been running the ball a lot better with Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm. Um, Jones has been out for the past couple of games, but they're probably going to bring him back in. So I am expecting more of a, a balanced um, balanced offense. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I think they're gonna do well this year, this week, this week, man. I really do think that they're gonna do well. You know, yeah. but Brady's definitely the wild card. Like, if you have Brady, you have a chance. And I don't care; they can lose to the team five times throughout the throughout the season. But when it comes to the playoffs, when it comes to January and and playing and possibly February, yo, know, that's Brady's bread and butter, man. That's what he does. And, and you know how it works with sports too, like you know, especially the quarterback position. Once once it's over, it's over. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like with a guy like like a Brady, those type of like elite QBs, I need to see it end first. I don't want to have to forecast it. It's kind of like the Spurs. Like when the right. Spurs finally fell off, it was like, okay, all right, now we can finally erase this. You know what I mean? This this image in our mind that we have of the Spurs. It's over now. Now it's mm-hmm. over. We got the concrete proof. And and this is kind of one of those things too. It's like if it if it ends ugly, it's like, okay, we got the concrete proof that you know, we may have to go another way with Brady. I know he's only on a two-year deal, you know, so next year might be the last year, you know, if they bring him back or what or what have you. And I'm, I'm more, more than likely, obviously, they're going to. But I'm like, I just want to kind of, like, see it. You know what I mean? And there's Absolutely. just something about the Saints. I'm, I'm with you. There's something about the Saints where I'm like, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I, I wasn't crazy about the way they played this, this year. But they're just such a good team. They're just going to rattle off wins all the time. But it's just yeah. when that playoffs come, they're just – it's weird. Like I find them out of the last three years that you're mentioning, the last three four years, I find this team is actually a little, at least offensively, was a little more shakier. Yeah, believe it I or agree. not. You know, so. I find that their defense is better, but their offensive 
their offense seems shakier. I do find that. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it's because some Breeze of it is injuries too. Or, yeah. Some of it is injuries yeah, too. But yeah, yeah. Breeze was injured. I mean, I find that they're using Tariq, Tariq um, not Tariq Hill. Sorry. Um, the oh, the tight end, you know, the quarterback slash tight end. Or oh, Taysom that, Hill. I mean. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Taysom Hill. They're using Taysom Hill a lot more. Um, which it's interesting. I, I guess it's it's kind of different because you know Breeze isn't going to be running up the center to try and get that one or two extra yards or right. whatnot. Um, so it's interesting. I, I do like the way that they're using him, but I don't know if it's Breeze. I don't feel like Breeze is a top. I don't feel like he's a top flight quarterback anymore. Yeah. Um, I still think that if you rush him, he'll make you pay because he, he has the ability of finding the open man. But um, some of the games I've seen, it was just like dink and ducks to um, – Kamara. To his wide receivers, to Kamara. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It's gonna, it's gonna be interesting. Um, now the last matchup with the Bills and the and the um and the Ravens. Um, does last week's win versus the Titans give you belief that Lamar could take the Ravens all the way to the AFC Championship game? Oh, you know what? I always want to cheer for Baltimore, and I always want to cheer for Lamar Jackson, but I find that they always let me down. Mm-hmm. And what scares me about Lamar Jackson and that whole team is like Lamar is so dynamic with his legs. Like he he runs the ball better than almost any running back in the league. Right? Yeah. His, he doesn't have a spectacular arm, but he's good enough to find the open man and so on, right? Um <laughs> I just find that when they come into big games against big competition, I find he's shaky. Mm. And I find because he's shaky, the whole team's shaky. The way that they lost to KC this year, um, you know, I really want to go for Baltimore, but I feel like if they make it to the AFC Championship against probably it's going to be KC, I feel like they're going to get blown out again. Yeah, I just don't find that Lamar shows up in big in, in, in big games. Does he have enough to make it past uh, the Bills? Probably, I do think so, and it's just because the Bills' defense is that bad. Yeah, they're not the, not the strongest. They're, no, no, they're not going to stop them. Um, their offense is really good. The offense is amazing, but Baltimore's defense is really good too. So I just feel that you know Baltimore has a good enough offense to beat the Bills, and their defense is good enough to slow down Josh Allen. And I also feel like the Bills' offense runs through Josh Allen and it runs through Stephon Diggs. Mm-hmm. So I feel if they double-team Diggs, and if they keep a spy back there to, to keep an eye on Josh Allen to make sure he doesn't run, like keep a middle linebacker back there always to watch him to make sure he doesn't run with the ball, I think if they do that, they could win because the Bills have no running game. Yeah. Like they don't have no running game. Singletary, Moss, it's like whatever. And they now, don't do anything. now Moss is done for the playoffs. Like they, 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 they're yeah. one of those teams. It's funny. Both teams are like they're pretty similar. You know what I mean? Right. In, in the sense where – Everything runs to their quarterback, right? Yep. They got two yep. running quarterbacks. Everything runs to them. They don't utilize the running game that well. No. You know, they like they haven't made a decision on who's going to be their guy or one or two guys like, you know, like I know mm-hmm. Buffalo they, they they didn't use as much running backs, but it's like they never they they can never decide whether it was between Singletary or Moss. I think I actually think Moss is the better running back, but uh um, so when your quarterback is the number one rusher on your team, he's great in college. I yeah. just don't think like having your QB be your leading rusher is the greatest thing in the world. And you know, no. like, look, look, Lamar's Lamar, and 
they, they never figured out their run game, number one. Lamar's Lamar, but at the same time, it's like, just to touch on my point, like he should not be leading the team in rushing. He, he had over 1,000 yards for the second year. Like There was no Mark Ingram. Like yeah. Dobbins wasn't the guy. Edwards wasn't the guy. You know what right. I mean? Like it's just I just don't think that's a recipe for success. Like I think they I've been saying it last year and I say it again this year. He's running the ball way too much. And it's not like their running backs stink. Like they got some good no. running backs, but they just I just I just don't get it. Like I I, I figured like this year they would have kind of figured it out more and it's like they still doing it again. And and, yeah. I, and last week like they needed his legs out of necessity, right? Yeah, but they just they just couldn't get anything going offensively. So they needed they needed them to run, but I just I just don't like him doing that two year two weeks in a row. And I know Lamar is the exception to my rule, but I don't know. I just I just I just don't like it, man. I don't I don't like the fact that like they have him running this much. And and uh, sorry, go I ahead. Agree. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I agree completely. I, I feel like this year for for whatever reason, Baltimore has lost their identity. Like the past years, yeah. they were kind of like the Steelers, whereas their running game was their bread and butter. Yeah. Last year, Ingram was fantastic. This pro year, bowler. obviously, yeah. pro bowler, absolutely. Like their running game was amazing, and that's why Lamar Jackson he was he was the MVP last year. Yeah, like they had a solid run game, and because of that, it opened up things for the pass, and then he could run the ball too. Right. So, like he had a phenomenal year. This year, it's like they couldn't figure out what to do with the run game. They put in Mark Ingram for what? Like they tried to do some sort of three-headed monster between Mark Ingram, yeah. um, the new kid Dobbins, and then. I can't remember Gus Edwards and then right. Gus Edwards, and it didn't work. Yeah. It didn't work. They tried it for a couple games, and they stopped, and then they tried it again. And I feel like they never really figured out who was the guy. Nobody got a um, rhythm. Nobody got a rhythm, and that's the worst thing you could do with a running back room. Like you're not the Patriots. You don't have specialty guys that do things really, really well. Like you have three solid running backs could, that could do. You know, they could catch the ball. All of them could catch the ball, and all of them could run the ball. But you can't give all three of them the ball at the same time. It doesn't work. Yeah. You know, towards the end of the season, I found that Dobbins, they started giving the ball more to Dobbins, which is a good thing. And he started running a little bit better. But I just feel like they they don't have an identity right now. And Lamar Jackson, he's not going to beat you with his arm. He might be able to beat you with his legs. But most defenses are smart enough to know that you need to you need to contain him. Like right. that's the key to the game. Contain Lamar. If you contain Lamar, you have a really good chance of winning. Because right. even in terms of like passing to like um what's his name? Um Andrews, Mark Andrews. Like last year, Mark Andrews, this guy had like 12, 13 touchdowns. Like he was a phenomenal. Mm -hmm. This year, he has like seven touchdowns. And it's because people have keyed in that Mark Andrews is the guy in the end zone, and also he is the guy in the middle of the field. He's probably their best pass catcher, so they've been double teaming him. Therefore, love for Lamar isn't doing as well because Hollywood Brown drops a lot of passes. Yep. And then they have practically no running game. So I want Lamar to win. But on the same note, I feel that if Lamar goes against KC, they're going to get steamrolled. Yeah. So I almost want the Bills to win because at least there'll be something a little bit different. And, um, you know, I think it may, that, it may even be a better matchup. I think it might be a better matchup because I just think it's just one of those same things where it's like Baltimore does not match up well with Kansas City. Mm -hmm. The things that Kansas City does well. Baltimore is really weak at and vice versa. Yeah. And Casey just always has this guy's number. Like they always shut down Lamar, um, you know, with no running game, there's not going to be much. And then 
Casey's offense. Well, Casey's offense is Casey's offense, and I don't think any defense could slow down Casey's offense. So, no, um, yeah, it should be a, it should be a good game. I mean, I like Josh Allen. Josh Allen's had a really good year. He's had an amazing year. Um, him and Diggs are fantastic together. They're like yeah. Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't have a running game, and you know they're somewhat predictable because Josh Allen's going to get the ball. I'm sorry. When you're on the one yard line, and you need a score, the ball's probably going to go to Josh Allen because it's not going to go to Singletary. Yeah, they're predictable. It's just defenses just can't ha- can't stop them for whatever reason. And Diggs is amazing. No, Diggs is amazing. And I remember we were talking about this um, last week with just our private conversation. But um, I-, I was saying because we're both in the same fantasy league, I was like, I re- I totally regretted not picking up Cole Beasley. Um, I, I, I thought about it too hard. I took Sammy Watkins instead and I regretted it like pretty much almost instantly because he was always hurt. But, um, but Cole Beasley is like, he's, he's, he's in that Edelman, you know, Wes mm-hmm. Welker role, but he, he does everything underneath, but he does it well. Like if he was a pro bowler this year and there's no pro bowl game, but like he, you know, he, he got bestowed upon that tag this year, which is the first time of his career, which is amazing for him. But oh, like sure. he's that's that's an underrated, really good wide receiver at this stage now. Like he's not 100%. he's not like just a specialty receiver like they used to play on Dallas. Like he's actually like a really good receiver. I agree. But that's that's what happens when you have when you get a top tier wide receiver. Yeah, it opens everything up. Everybody has. To, yeah, they have to put so much, so much resources into digs to make sure that he doesn't take the top off, that they're leaving the hole underneath open for Beasley and Beasley catches everything. Like he's, he's always been a great pass catcher. The only difference now is that everybody's throwing so much at digs that they're, they're basically leaving him open on the underside. And I mean, it's a testament to him. He's a fantastic football player and look at Brown on the other side, like Brown, John Brown, like he was the guy for how many years. And he's just pretty much like this year. I've barely even heard anything about him. Yeah. It's all been digs and and Cole Beasley. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. So I mean, yeah. So I mean, they they have a really good offense, and I enjoy watching the Bills play. Like I've never been a Bills fan, never, because they're in the same conference as my Pats. Right. So I've never been a Bills fan, but this year I feel like not even the Jim Kelly days. In the Jim Kelly days, yes, I was a fan of the Bills. Like back in those days when they lost like three championships in a row. Four. I think it was one to. (laughs) Was it four? It was three or four. Four. I remember it was twice to the Cowboys. Yeah. One once to the, the Giants, Giants. And then one with the Redskins. And okay, the Redskins. Yeah. That's what it was. Yes, yes. I remember there was like a stretch where it was like four fucking years in a row. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, ugh, it like, was like by the time they got to the fourth Super Bowl, I was more watching it for the commercials. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know, honestly. I know. <laughs> if there was ever a team that had a black cloud like over them, it, mm-hmm. it was the Bills, honestly. It was the Bills. And I, I think the first one, I'll still remember, it was it was the field goal. Yeah, wide right. Wide right. I remember I always remember that because I remember that movie, the Ace Ventura movie. Mm-hmm. I think it was the first one where they were talking <laughs> about the kicker, whatever the guy's name was, and mm-hmm. he was wide right and yeah, anyways, the kicker ended up being a woman or something like that, but they actually worked into the storyline. It was pretty hilarious. Yeah, I remember that. But the Bills, I don't know. There's something about the Bills this year, and I like them. I like them this year. I, I It's just it's too bad that their defense has dropped off because they used to have, I don't know if you remember, the past couple of years, they had like a top-tier defense. Yeah. It's just their offense wasn't really clicking. And now this year, finally, their offense has clicked. But now it's like their defense is 
It's just like, okay. Yeah, it's not, it's they're, not that they're great. Okay. Yeah, they're like in the 20s if yeah. you're ranking them. I think they have like, a, what did they write here? They have the 20th, 23rd ranked defense wow. in the league. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, I, I don't know what you could do with that, honestly. I do not know what you could do with that. It's great to have a great offense, but if you don't have a solid defense, I'm sorry. And your offense has to be spectacular. You have to have a Patrick Mahomes putting up like 40 points a game mm-hmm. because chances are your defense is probably going to give up 30, 35 points. So you have to have an offense that could be more explosive and just put up more points than the defense. And the Bills' defense is just – they're not good, man. They're really not good. You know what's interesting, though? It's – its um this isn't like in particular for this game. Like it's, this is not – like they can't use this obviously for this game. But the Rams should be using Buffalo as an example in the sense that they they need to get a number one receiver. Like I yes. think this team is screaming for a number one receiver badly. Like either they gotta go up in the draft and trap the top receiver. Hopefully he's the stud, like a Justin <laughs> Jefferson, like how he was this year. Um, right. You know they gotta get somebody like a or like a Higgins, like a T Higgins. Like they gotta get somebody like that's of either potential to be a number one within the next couple of years or. Mm-hmm. They gotta go in the in the in free agency or make a trade and get a number one get a number one receiver. Allen Robinson. Oh wow. Yes. That's right. That's that's a great one. Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson. He's gonna be the hot commodity this year. Like honestly, I'm I'm praying that my Patriots actually even at least make a play for this guy. Like yeah. this guy is a solid number one. He's been a solid number one for the past couple of years when Chicago was absolutely terrible. Even in Jacksonville, but, even in Jacksonville, like he's yeah. never had a good quarterback. Never had a good quarterback. Always had a shitty quarterback, and he still puts up top tier stats. Yeah. So I would love to see him go to like let's say a Rams or you know obviously I'd love to see him go to the Pats even though they don't have a quarterback right now. But, Go but, grab this but, guy. But but think about if he went to this team, like how much everything else would open up. Like Hollywood Brown would, would be more of a threat. Everything Agreed. underneath, like Mark Andrews would be more of a threat. The run game would be actually even better. And yep. it opens everything up even more for, for Lamar, which he's already a threat himself, obviously. Because yep. I know his name was kind of getting shitted on this year, which is a little weird, but... Um, yeah. But I but I thought it was more just to the fact that, as you said, they lost their identity. I don't think that was really on him. You know what I mean? I think that no. was just I, – I just felt like they didn't know what direction they were going in this year, which was kind of odd because they had such a great exactly. year last year. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, but exactly. I, I think this this team is screaming for a number one receiver. Like, they, if they can get a number one receiver, I think I think it opens so much things up for, for, this, for this team. I agree 100%. Um, 100%. I mean, I don't know. When is Lamar's rookie contract up, though? Because once I, that happens, I, I, like, yeah, that's well, all that's bets are off, too. right? That's another thing too. I think it, I think it, he might be up for an extension this uh, this off season. Yeah, because so. if that's the case, they're gonna break the. They're yeah, gonna they, have to. They're gonna have to. They'll get rid of Ingram. They'll probably get rid of Edwards. They'll probably bring in another you know mid tier running back because they have Dobbins. Yeah. Um. You know, Hollywood Brown is still on a, a rookie contract. Um, Mark Andrews. I don't know if they have to break the bank for him, but. He is a top. He probably is a top five, maybe a top ten tight end tight for end, sure. At worst, yeah, he is good. But I think they, I think they got to, like I said, it's either they got to go up in the draft and get mm-hmm. a and get one of the the top um, wideouts, or yeah. like I said, like Allen Robinson, you just said, is a really good example of that. Or do they make that? 
Yeah, that's, you just stole the words right out of my, my mouth. That, that, that's the other one I was going to say, too. Like, do you, do you make the deal for him and just see how they work together? Like, just as long as you get get whoever the, the that number one receiver is, as long as you get him in with Lamar early in the offseason and you just – it's almost like you just lock them in a room and they just you just don't let them out until they figure out everything before the season starts. For sure. For sure. I agree. I agree completely. I agree completely. 100%. Yeah. But I, yeah, but overall, overall I – you know, with the Bills, um, the Bills versus Baltimore, I think Baltimore's going to win, to be honest with you. Okay. Just because Baltimore has a better defense, and they still have a really good offense. I like Josh Allen. Yeah. I like Josh Allen, but I just I feel like the team is just too one-dimensional right now. And I feel like Baltimore has a good enough defense to – they're basically going to stack the line. They're going to go after Lamar. Um, you know, they'll probably double-team digs if they're smart. And they'll force him to get somebody else to beat them. You know, whether it's Cole Beasley, whether it's John Brown, um, you know, and I just don't think I don't think that they'll be able to win. Not as easy as, as they were able to win last week. So, yeah, it's 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 a hard choice for me because historically this is the type of game that Baltimore wins. Like just when you expect them to come up short, all of a right. sudden their D is bananas. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the defense is bananas yeah. and they're making every big play. And all of a sudden you're just like, what the hell happened? And historically, they always do this to you. You know what yeah. I mean? So I I I, I want to go for them, and I'm rooting. I'm actually rooting for them to win. I am, but because I'm slightly I'm slightly leaning towards the Bills because they're you know before the playoffs started they were my dark horse favorite to get to the Super Bowl. Um, so I'm kind of leaning on that you know like on that horse as opposed to to the Ravens. But I'm rooting I'm rooting for Lamar. I'm rooting yeah. for Lamar to win. I want to be yeah. proven wrong there. I do, but. You know what? Like I said, Lamar Jackson, Baltimore going against Kansas City, who I think is going to win against Cleveland. I don't know, man. I, I just feel like it's going to be a, like a complete, like they're going to destroy them. And that scares the shit out of me because <laughs> that's just going to be more doubters doubting I Lamar. Know. I know. You know, that guy who basically crawled in the hole, who tried to say that Lamar would be a better wide receiver than he is a quarterback and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. I think he's going to be crawling back out of that <laughs> hole. He's going to be screaming that again. I told you. <laughs> I told you. What did I tell you? He had one good year. <laughs> you know, like, I, he won I, MVP, he, you jackass. <laughs> exactly. That doesn't matter, though. No, he, he's not a good passer. No, no. I think he he's fast. He would make a really good tight end or he would make a really good wide receiver or yeah, he, some he, nonsense he, like he that. Took, he took the the L for that and you know that's that's Bill Polian too that made that statement and Bill Polian mm. is like a, a, a Hall of Fame architect so how he dropped mm. the ball with Lamar to that degree it's like it, it, yeah. I wouldn't say it ruined his name but like <laughs> it yeah. definitely made him look terrible. Yeah he, he got a lot of side eyes for that definitely <laughs> no doubt about that. No doubt about that. Maybe he was just having a bad day, and then he he made the statement, and you know he was too far. He was too far gone. You know he had to defend it. So it's like, or maybe it was one of those things he was about to leave, and it's like Friday afternoon. He's just like, I just want to get the get the weekend started. You know what? He sucks. I don't like him. Okay, let's go. Let's go. I got to play in the catch. <laughs> exactly. 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 Yeah, but of course, for Lamar. I mean, we'll see what happens. You know, the NFL always has a way of surprising you. So. Who knows? Maybe uh, maybe KC will lose to the Browns. Maybe the Bills will beat um, the Bills Maybe. will beat uh, Baltimore, Baltimore. Yeah. and maybe it'll be a conference final, or a conference final with the Bills versus the Browns. Like who knows, right? Yeah, it's true. Football has a weird way of of, of making these these weird it matchups does. work. 
do I think that that game is going to make any money? Probably not, but still. <laughs> like, who really wants to see the Browns and the Bills play in the conference finals to go to the Super Bowl? The, the joke is it'll probably be a good game, though. That's the joke. I think it'll be a really good game, yeah. actually, because those two teams are actually pretty, yeah, they're not bad. So, But, I mean, just from past history, right? You you hear the Browns and the Bills, and you're like, eh. That's like one of those Thursday night games that nobody really truly watches. Yep. You know, it's like watching the Miami and the Jets. Like yeah, two or, shitty teams or, go or, after or the, the Or the Jaguars versus the Jets or something, right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's like the game nobody really wants to watch. Even though the teams are really solid this year, just from the names alone, they're kind of like, eh, I don't know if I'll watch that game. Or maybe I'll, I'll dial in during the fourth quarter or something, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, before we go, because, uh, you know, we're going to come back next week to discuss the um, the NFC and AFC championship uh, matches. Um, mm-hmm. I- I'll step back for the next, uh, you know, a little bit and, I- and I'll get your thoughts on... Um, on what happened, not necessarily with Capitol Hill, because we, we we we've already you know like we already know what happened there, but um, just to get your thoughts on just everything that happened since then uh, with Trump, you know I you know I, I know you got some opinions on that, but uh, I'll let you voice it. I voiced mine last week, but I'll let you voice yours. Oh man, Trump, 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 Trump! What a flipping train wreck! What a train wreck! Like this guy was impeached for the second time this week. And I believe that they're not going to have the actual trial until the 19th of January because uh, the Senate is, I guess they're gone on vacation again or whatnot, Yeah, they don't right? come back to the 19th. They don't come back until the 19th. So technically, he's still going to be in power for, what, another week? Maybe two weeks, I think? Another week. Yeah, another week. So, I mean, uh, what can I say about this guy? You know, I have to blame the Republicans for this because they've basically let this man do whatever he wants he thinks he could say whatever he wants, and he thinks he could do whatever he wants. And because everybody's kind of giving him a pass, this is what happens when you have a dictator who's in power, who thinks he's a dictator and thinks that he's a king, and thinks that he could do any anything he wants, and nobody's there to stop him. Like, I mean, I thought when he got impeached the first time, it was bad enough. He was trying to get Russia. Uh, was it Russia or the Ukraine? I think Ukraine, it was the yeah. Ukraine. He wanted to get the Ukraine to try and open up an investigation into Hunter Biden and also Joe Biden. So he was trying to get another country to basically say that they opened up an investigation on his competition for the presidency. I thought that was bad enough. And that's highly illegal, no matter how you look at it. Yeah, that's that's the, that's that's beyond reprehensible. That's beyond reprehensible. But the Republicans gave him a pass. They said, ah, yeah, it's pretty bad, but it wasn't bad enough. Right? And now look at this time what happens. Capitol Hill gets attacked like by a mob. And I don't think people fully realize, and I know we had this conversation last week. I don't think people truly realize how bad it was and how bad that situation is. So you had Congress and you had the Senate counting votes or counting, I guess, uh, district votes for Joe Biden. And you had a mob basically run into the Capitol Hill ransacked all the offices. Um, they, they spread feces all over Capitol Hill. And they were basically a room away from getting to the congressmen. Like, that's unbelievable. Getting to the congressmen and the senators. A few of them, I heard a few of them, you were even saying how they wanted to hang Pence, his vice president, because he didn't want to go along with, with um, refusing to count votes. 
Um, they even had, they even built a gallow. Like, you know, one of those old, old school gallows where you hang somebody. Yeah. They built one right in front of the Capitol for this guy. So you have guys that are running in with guns, with um, mace. They're, they're spraying the Capitol Hill police. The police is just letting them go through. So I'm not even going to talk about that because I think, I think that Capitol Hill, like the police force there, I think they were in on it. Because I saw way too many policemen just basically taking the barricades and just kind of letting them in. Whereas if it was Black Lives Matter, you know they would have had the National Guard. They would have had the army there. They would have had sound cannons. They would have been shooting people with rubber bullets. But it looked like they literally had like 15 cops there for like, what, 700,000 people who were ransacking <laughs> through Capitol Hill. Mm -hmm. And then you have Trump on the other end who's refusing to send in the National Guard. So the senators who are inside of Congress, who are trapped in a room with about 10 guys with guns, is basically calling the White House saying, hey, why isn't there more police here? Where is, um, where is the National Guard? And the White House isn't returning their calls. The Secretary of Defense, who has the ability to call in, um, call in the National Guard as well, he's not taking any calls either. So who's the one who sends in the National Guard? It's basically one a, a general, one of the generals from one of the armies who didn't even really have, he didn't even have the ability to send it in, send them in. But he calls the mayor, um, I guess the governor of, of Maryland, and said, "Listen, you guys have to send the National Guard in right now because Capitol Hill is getting taken over." And then finally, he sends in troops to go and help these cops. So all the while, like you can't tell me that this whole thing wasn't planned. Trump is the one who put out the tweets. He's the one who encouraged everybody to go to Capitol. He basically said, you need, to, you need to kick down doors and do anything you have to do in order to stop it. And then when it kind of came to sending help, he refused to send help. Well, I, I don't know if you, uh, you caught this, but uh, Ayanna Presley, who's the, uh, the, the rep for, um, uh, for Massachusetts, her and her husband basically um, just, and we're actually going to read this verbatim. This is from The Hill, um, thehill.com. It's said in a recent interview that panic buttons that she previously used in the Congresswoman's office were taken out before the violent riot at the U.S. Capitol. Oh, my God. So, yeah. So, like, like, I, like I said, even in my uh, the pod last week, I'm like, you know, I think it's way deeper than just what we're seeing. But 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 again, I just feel like um, there's something going on, because like I said, that just just sure. on the on the fact that it's the most secured building or one of the most secured buildings in America by far. And yeah. and the way it got taken over, I mean, and, and I'm not like it's just it just doesn't make sense to me. And I mean, I, I know government could be, you know, what like you know, and especially if things like this was happening, if Trump wasn't, you know, pulling the orders to like uh, to get help for these people and stuff, obviously, then yeah, it could be chaotic. But it's just I don't know. I just feel like it's a little that's a little too simple. Maybe that's just me, but I just feel like it's a little too simple. You know what? I feel like there's there's layers to this. Like they were even saying how some of some of the people that were rioting were the same people that actually the day before they came in with some of the congressmen for for um I guess you know they they like sometimes they do through. like walk around yeah, sort yeah. of thing. I heard that those so those same people came in and Congress Republican congressmen were walking them around, kind of showing them around where this is where Nancy Pelosi sits, this is where this person sits, this is where that person sits, this is where Schumer sits just to kind of give them the lay of the land. So you, there's no way you can tell me that this isn't organized and this isn't like an organized strike. Strike. The Republicans aren't going to admit it. 
because I think at this point they're scared. They're too scared of Trump to actually say anything, because the man did get seventy million votes. But it's like, come on, man! Like, what does this guy need to do in order for you guys to impeach him? And only ten Republicans, ten out of what two hundred fifty-five, actually ended up voting to impeach him. What? It's like, how how bad does it have to get? Does he have to literally, like, on uh, like in front of a camera on the White House steps? Um, call a black person a nigger and then stab him in front of the camera like what 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 is the turning point here like how bad does it need to get for these guys to finally kind of vote him out so to speak you know you're watching all all of these uh, the rioters and stuff get um they're you know they're one by one they're getting arrested because because of social media nobody can help themselves they record everything so they make they make themselves such a hard target to get you know what i mean like it's just such a hard target um <laughs> Let me just say this one thing, okay? Before you carry on, I feel like this whole thing is is like the perfect example of white privilege. Perfect example of white privilege. Some people, mostly white people, think that they could do whatever they fuck they want, and there would be no consequences. Guys are on social media, fucking walking out with Nancy Pelosi's um, podium. Um, they're saying they're they're openly saying on social media that they just ransacked the hill. They just attacked a police officer and so on. Like, who the fuck does that? And think that there's no repercussions. And you know what? They're kind of right, too. Because why weren't they arrested at the time? Why were they able to walk in and out and nobody stop them and nobody do anything? I think they had like four arrests. And there must have been thousands of people running through Capitol. Thousands. It's only now the FBI is getting involved because obviously they look bad. Because they're like, how do these people walk into Capitol? Kick down doors, ransack the whole place. One guy's sitting there in his seat, has his feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk, writing her a note. How are these people not arrested? How are they not arrested? How are they allowed to do that? Blows my mind. And what, four people killed? Out of those four people, three of them died of a heart attack. And the other woman got, the woman was a, I think she was a vet, and she was trying to break, literally break into the room that the congressmen were in. And one of the Secret Service men, Pence's Secret Service, actually shot her through the window. Yeah, put a bullet in her neck. Yeah. And you know what the cops were doing? There was cops there. You know what they were doing? They stood aside and let this woman kick, try and kick through the window. And then when she got shot, everybody's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, they're shooting. <laughs> Calvin, yeah. I, I like, it's, if, if, it's it the was... most ridiculous thing. Like, it's, if it was a movie, I couldn't write this. I could not write this movie. I think some of the arrests, like the one I saw uh, last night or this morning, I, let me try to find a name actually before I um, before we wrap mm -hmm. up here. But an Olympic swimmer, basically, yes. um, you saw that, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't recall the name right now, but the, the Olympic swimmer basically, <laughs> basically was was there the other day too. Like like you know like they're gonna do that and then go back to to, to Japan to defend the. America for the, for the 2021 summer games? like Calvin, <laughs> white privilege, I'm telling you. Because you see, you and I know, we've spoken about this, and we see what what goes on when black people just simply protest. They're not rioting, they protest. You've seen the, the pepper spray in the face that the cops, uh, the cops spray kids, they spray, like they'll go and walk up to you, take your mask off and spray, pepper spray you in the face. They shoot rubber bullets at people. They have sound cannons. They have all sorts of stuff. And this is just for this was just for somebody who's protesting. Yeah. But then you go and you see the flip side, and it's like, 
Capitol Hill is unprotected. People are running through. Like they, they had one guy who was fully full, had full tactical gear, like he was SWAT, with with zip ties on his on his yeah. on his belt buckle, like he was gonna go take hostages or something. There were cops that was like cops from other states that were coming in there as part of the rioters. So like, what the fuck? Yeah, it was, it was, and it these was guys crazy. walked in and they walked out and nobody stopped them. Nobody did anything. Like even when the national guard came in, they didn't arrest anybody. I know. It's only now, like a week later. FBI is going through social media trying to figure out who did what. They actually killed a cop. They bludgeoned a cop with um, with, with what the, was it? It was fire extinguisher. With a fire extinguisher. Yeah, cracked his cracked his skull open. Like what the fuck, man? A homicide happened in Capitol in Capitol Hill. This is supposed to be one of the securest places in the United States. It wouldn't be worse if they broke into the Pentagon, Pentagon, or broke into the White House. This is Capitol Hill. This is where all the congressmen is. This is where the Senate is. Yep. And to think that all these people were literally a room away from getting into Congress and getting into the Senate to actually, like, could you imagine what they would have done to Nancy, Nancy Pelosi or Schumer or even, um, what's her name? Um, what's her name, that Latina, um, that Latina politician? Uh, Ocario. Yeah. I could never pronounce is, her the name. The name is escaping me right now. I'm terrible. Yeah, yeah. I'm showing my age, Roger. I'm showing my age with the <laughs> Could you imagine what would happen if they if they had access to these people or even Pence? Like they probably would have hung them, killed them, beat them, raped them, done something. Because I'm sorry, those mo- that mob did not look like they were reasonable people, and they were literally a door away from getting these people. So yeah. you can't tell me that this wasn't planned. You can't tell me that you know the cops weren't in, to- in on it. You can't tell me that the president wasn't in on it. You can't tell me any of the shit. You can't even tell me that some of the Republican governors weren't in on it. Because I truly believe they were telling them, listen, this is this is where Nancy Pelosi's desk is. This is where this person's desk. Because they knew exactly where they were going to. Yeah. Like they were literally minutes, minutes away from keep like when the Congress when they when they took the congressmen and the senators out of that big room, they were literally minutes away from catching them in that room. They just missed them. Yeah, so it's, 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 it's that was a, that, that was a crazy ordeal. It was crazy. I mean, the scene was, as we all know, I was just more annoyed at the fact that like just like I said, again, I just I just felt like it was too easy, like just watching it and just saying, ah, it's white privilege and just people rushing it. I'm like, that's too easy. Like, it's just those places are too well secured for the, something like uh-huh. that to happen, even if it's a you, mob. You like, think so. Yeah, you would think so. Right. It's, it's just crazy. You know, like I, I, I just I don't know. I don't know. I would get deeper, but I can't find my tinfoil hat. So um. <laughs> it, it blows my mind, man. It blows my mind. Whenever like I've been pretty much following all the stories of everything, because mm. I I just find pretty interesting. It's like a it's like an episode of twenty four. That's the best way I could describe it. Yeah. Remember with Jack Bauer? Like Jack Bauer is like the super spy that goes and he'll kill like fifty people by himself. Mm-hmm. You know, he's ripping out people's throats with his teeth and shit like that. And like it's like every episode, he's in a life or death situation, and yeah. he always seems to come out on top. And, and, and somehow it almost he, seems like an episode that. And, and somehow he'd always get it done right before the commercial break. It was amazing. It was weird. <laughs> but uh... it was it was it was literally on that level. Like honestly, it was yeah. on that level to a point where it's like this is just so ridiculous that I can't even believe it's happening. It feels like it's a movie or something. But then you realize, wait a minute, this is real life. And the president actually did send out tweets inciting people, telling people to come to Capitol Hill, kick down the doors and do whatever you have to do in order to stop it. And then he said with his own vice president, if Pence doesn't stop the vote, there will be consequences. 
and there's going to be a lot of unhappy people. Like, what the fuck, man? The the only thing that was I thought that like it's weird with this inauguration. I understand why they're kind of doing it. It's kind of to, to revoke his powers and you know going yeah. forward, like you know post presidency in terms of having secret surface detail for the rest of his life and pension I would do it. and 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 being yeah. the you know having the ability to run again. Because I'm like you're you're setting up the paperwork to impeach him on on uh, January 19th. He's his last day is the 20th. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? So it's like it's yeah. almost like this is pointless. But I understand it for the other reasons, you know, but but it's like but it almost seems pointless to, to impeach him when he's when he's literally like walking out the door anyway. But even if anything, if anything, the second impeachment is going to be symbolic because you cannot allow somebody to do something that no, grievous he's, he's and get away with it. With you that. can't. Yeah. And I don't care whether they're in power or not. You can't allow that ever to happen. And what really turns my stomach is the fact that these same Republicans that were trapped in the same room as Democrats are not truly stepping up and saying how bad this actually was. A lot of them are actually making excuses for him. And it's like, how bad can it possibly possibly get for you to actually turn on this guy? I'll tell you what, though, before we wrap up, I'll tell you what. Um, I think it's going to get salacious this next few months because, look, mm -hmm. Donald Trump has had four years of information of having his finger on the button of information mm. that the world would not have information to. Can't, can't you see this man singing like 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 uh, like oh. Patty Labelle? Oh, it's gonna on, be so on, bad on, on all secrets. You like people better hope he didn't keep notes or like a, a USB <laughs> stick to put all this stuff on because uh, USB. Donald Trump doesn't know how to use USB. <laughs> well, somebody, what he's gonna do? Somebody is, his family well, does. On, on an unsecure line, he's going to call Putin and he's going to tell him all their secret, all their secrets. You know why? Because he's that stupid, and because he doesn't give a fuck. That's why he's going to do it. So far, nobody has slapped him on the wrist. Nobody's been able to slow anything. Regardless, like he's done so many shitty things that they don't even know where to start in regards to impeaching him. Like it's unbelievable. It's it's absolutely unbelievable. And I think this is the first time, like. After he lost, that somebody said, "No, you did not win. You're gonna have to leave," and that's why he's throwing up these temper tantrums. Everything, everything's all of a sudden, all of a sudden, voting is, um, you know, Georgia and all these places. You know, we want them to count some votes, but we don't want them to count other votes. Um, we only want him to count votes when I'm up, but then we want them to stop counting after we get the lead. Like it's, it's, it doesn't even make any flipping logical sense if you sit there and you watch the the media and tv and just understand what he's asking it doesn't make any sense he's like i'm ahead of georgia but then the mail-in ballots comes and he's like the mail-in ballots are are fraudulent so i want them to stop counting but i still want them to to count the ballots that are actually in person because obviously i'm winning with that but let's just disregard everything else and then the rest of like because because when a president is on the ballot like the down ballot includes all the different governors and so on, right? right? So a lot of the governors, the governors that won were still Republicans, like in Georgia and so on, right? So what they're basically saying is they think that the count for president is incorrect, but since they won the under ballots for all the governors and so on, they want that to stand. Right. How does that make any damn sense? <laughs> How does that make any sense? We're okay with these ballots. But we want to disregard these bonds because we feel they're fraudulent. How can one half be fraudulent and one not, half not be fraudulent? It doesn't even make any damn sense. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, man. Yeah, it's it's honestly it's like a soap opera. 
I love it because it's interesting as hell, and I just find it hilarious because I think Americans in general, I I feel like they they I don't know I call it a lack of education, call it a lack of common sense. I don't know what it is, but I feel like half of the United States is racist and you know somewhat uneducated. Um, but then it's like it's either one or the other. It's it's so bipartisan out there that either you're either you're a Democrat or you're a Republican. And there's no middle ground. And if you're a Republican, Trump could basically go and you know kick you in your flipping teeth, and you're still going to praise him like he's Jesus. He'll take away your health care. He'll increase your taxes. He'll take all the money you give him, and he'll go and he'll go and buy another private jet on an island somewhere. And all the while, you'll praise him and say thank you very much for screwing me over. Well, that's that's the thing, right? Like at, at the end of the day, it's like the the legions of people that follow him are like, like especially the people that was that was riding and stuff. Like he wouldn't he wouldn't spit on you on the ground that you walk on, not you know? in a second. You know, no. so, so that's the thing. That's the thing I think, which is like the most hilarious part of all of this. It but, truly is. Well, it truly is. Well, let's wrap up. Let's wrap up because we'll come back next week. I'm sure. Um, sure. <laughs> when we wrap no up again, there's, there's there's probably going to be more stuff. That's that's why I'm like I don't I don't really get into politics. Really, right. truly, when I'm doing these things, but it's like number one, it's I wouldn't say even say it's hard not to, but it's the stuff is so salacious. You like you almost feel like you got to say something for at least a few minutes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, it's just it's highly entertaining. No, it's a, I, I do feel I do feel like we're living in a just these times in general. I feel like we're living in some sort of bad soap opera. Yeah, yeah, I, I think General Hospital is better though. No, 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 no. Bold and beautiful is definitely bold and the beautiful. Yeah. yeah, bold and beautiful is better. <laughs> definitely, rather the foresters running the country. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> All right, sir. So we'll be back next week. We'll, we'll we'll chop it up more with the um with the with the NFC and AFC championship games. Perfect. Thank you very much, sir. No problem. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the AF Podcast. I appreciate your ears giving me that attention. Special shout out goes out to South Sharad family member Roger Calendar as we break down each round of the NFL playoffs like we do every year. Uh, we'll be back up next week with a follow up and discuss a preview of the NFL Conference Championships and get into some of our selections for the NFL awards. We'll also be back next week with a, an early look on the NBA season so far. And I'm going to get into my, my hardened thoughts just a little more. Uh, plus the NBA protocol with COVID and if the season will go through uninterrupted, uh, we're going to dive deep into it all. And for those who haven't checked out my all time NBA fantasy draft on my South Sharaf YouTube channel, do so. Go check it out. Like and subscribe to the channel. Uh, a new episode of The Stoop will be up on February 1st. So go ahead, like and subscribe to the channel once again. And as always, to check out any and all past episodes and past shows, Head over to SouthshoreAve.com. Once again, that's SouthshoreAve.com. For Roger Calendar, this is Cal C. And you just tuned in to the Av Podcast on South Shore Ave Radio. All right, until next week, peace. We out. <laughs>